Among us to Rental Store Rumble, where we sing praises of our goddess Yvette is on, but also we say. What is it we say? Which thing? We say many things. (laughs) Two films enter? Yes. And there can be only one. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Starting now. Two films enter and there can be only one. That's right. Uh, There can be only one, but uh, here I have with me. Josh. Zana. That's right. So, Zana is here today. Hello. And who are you again? (laughs) Oh, I'm Rodney. (laughs) So, tonight we are doing two action films about immortals and revenge and romance and mysticism that have some notorious cuts done to them. One more notorious than the other. But it can't rain all the time, so let's get this show on the road and discuss that later. You probably have already guessed that the movies are Highlander versus The Crow, and I promise it makes sense. And both have John Polito in them. Rest in peace. It will make sense after we're through. First up, Highlander from 1986. An antique dealer named Russell Nash runs afoul of the NYPD and is the prime suspect in a brutal beheading. As the beheadings continue, a detective named Brenda, who works for the forensics department, spies on him and discovers the existence of these mysterious immortals that duel to the death in 1980s New York, and that they have not only existed for many years, but that their final battle is about to commence. Starring Christopher Lambert from Beowulf and Fortress, Sean Connery from The Rock and Finding Forrester... Starting to run out of things to... No, he's in a lot of things. Outland? Yeah? You guys seen Outland? Nope. No. Have you seen uh, Darby O'Gill and the Little oh, People? Oh, God, I have seen that one. <laughs> no, I've never even heard of that. I can't say I have. Okay. Clancy Brown from The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai, SpongeBob, Shawshank Redemption, and The Mandalorian, briefly. And Roxanne Hart from Oh, God, You Devil and Chicago Hope. So, we're doing the we're doing the new style on this episode. <laughs> did you uh did you remember Highlander very well? Uh no, I remembered bits of it. I remembered uh Sean Connery being a Spaniard. Okay. <laughs> That's all you remember. <laughs> no, I remembered he was, he was an Egyptian that Spaniard were... who went to Japan. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I didn't remember all the details of his life. Uh I remember there was sword fighting. Okay. And yeah, that Clancy Brown was in it. <laughs> uh, those are the those are the important things, I suppose. Yep, Mr. Krabs trying to kill Raiden from Mortal Kombat. Yep, <laughs> exactly. Uh, but no, a lot of the actual like plot points. I'm like, I don't remember what happens next. Well, I'm glad we did this then because our original plan, my original plan, was to do Highlander Two versus the Crow City of Angels, but. 
It sounded like Paul and Zana had not seen these movies in such a very long time that they couldn't remember them very well. Yeah, I've only seen Highlander once, and it was at least 10 years ago, if not more. So, so. I was like, okay, well, now we're doing a two-part episode, so Highlander yeah, 1. I was a child. I saw it on VHS. I don't think that this is the same movie, though, from <laughs> what you said and from what I just watched. Yeah. It would at least be a different cut. Yes. What about you, Josh? I could remember most of this. It has been a little while, not as long as Paul and yeah. but I, I do like this movie, so I've seen it more recently. Do you have a uh, history with the Highlander franchise, let's say? <laughs> uh, not necessarily, other than this one per... Probably just this is my introduction, other than I think I've seen some of the animated series at some point. The, like, Canadian animated series with that red-headed kid? Yeah, okay, I, yeah, I remember so, that yeah. being yeah. on TV as a kid. Oh, so you remember that? Well, I remember <laughs> that existed. I didn't watch it, but <laughs> I remember seeing the Highlander toys in the store of the cartoon, and I thought they looked cool. I'm like, it's guys with swords. That's cool. <laughs> so you, you don't remember Highlander 2, Highlander... The Final Dimension, Highlander Endgame, uh, Highlander the Source, the animated series, the card game, the comics, the books, the uh, anime film. No, I'm, I'm pretty <laughs> sure I have also saw Highlander 2, but I remember about as much or maybe even less than I did okay. with this one. So I wasn't aware that there was anything beyond the VHS box set. Okay. See, I knew there was more to this, but I did not really engage with much of it and rodney has hinted at things that i might be thankful for that <laughs> yeah some of it's kind of worth it okay um Th but there's a lot of weird that comes after <laughs> this movie from what you've said too yeah well, well we'll put it this way my introduction to the franchise was the tv show and I, my mom was watching it basically when it first aired. She's like, oh, this sounds cool. I want to see Highlander TV show. And I'm like, what the hell is this? So I watched it with her. And I continued to watch pretty much the entire series as it was running with her every single week. <laughs> in in It was like one of the syndicated shows mm -hmm. that um, stations would like pick up at their own discretion. But it did play around us. And... At some point during season one, I was like, who's this Connor McCloud guy? And then they were like, oh, that's from the movie. And I hadn't seen it. So I saw it and it was the best thing ever. And mm. I've been obsessed with Clancy Brown ever since. Mm. So, okay. But then I watched everything else. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let, let's talk about the cuts because Zana mentioned that. So Highlander has a U.S. cut and a European cut. The European cut is now known as the director's cut. And the reason for them is because they decided that American audiences were stupid and would get confused. So they <laughs> decided to cut things out of it to make it A, faster and B, less confusing, which just kind of made it more confusing. Like, remember who how the movie like explains who Rachel and Castagir are? Yep. Okay, yeah. well, if you saw the U.S. version, you had no idea who either of them were, because <laughs> basically all of the extra scenes with them were cut out. See, and that, that's one of the things that I think I've seen this cut, because I can remember the stuff with Castigare. I can't remember the stuff with Rachel, though, so I don't know if I was just not paying attention or just forgot. Yeah, it's weird. There were uh, 
other moments here and there. Him talking to Brenda after they bang. That was not in the... Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, just, just a lot of stuff like that. Some minor extensions to scenes. Things that add more character. The church scene was shorter. Ah, which is the best scene. thing I ever. I love that church scene. <laughs> I know. So, the the cut is actually quite different. And um, this movie was a massive box office failure oh. when it first came out. Ah, that's so weird. Yeah, just, it is Just weird, with how... Because I've always known this, like, oh man, this is this really awesome it's a movie. movie. People it's reference so cool. all the time that there can be only one. Is a, even if you've never seen the movie, it's one of those lines you just know. Yeah, the thing is, this movie became a huge hit after it came out on VHS. Okay. So it was a constant rental, and HBO made a ton of money by showing it over mm. and over on their channel. It and pulled an All Dogs Go to Heaven, it failed in the box office, and was massively successful on video. Yeah, oh, if we ever do All Dogs Go to Heaven, that's insane how like successful it was on VHS. Oh yeah, that wow. one is crazy. I, I don't even know. Highlander, much like that, actually. Okay. And it's similar to a lot of films that I'm a big fan of. There was a lot that came out in, like, the era of VHS movies that kind of did that. Well, people were hungry for VHS. They were going to the, you know, going to the rental store. That's yeah. true. Yeah. The old rental and store. And they're Get like, that what? newfangled blockbuster that they opened up down the street. Yeah. <laughs> or most of them were mom and pop shops back yeah. then. And in yeah. the, time, the local gas station. Yeah. In the time <laughs> that Highlander opened, I think there the were blockbusters. Store. Video update the, for me. Yeah. Yeah. We had a lot of local places. But. <laughs> Sounds easy pizza in Provo. Yeah. <laughs> pizza I, and video. Except I, I didn't always... get Highlander. I rented, uh, oh my gosh, I think it was Troll 2. Because oh. <laughs> <laughs> I remember seeing that as a kid. Boss. I remember the grocery store. Like, they always had some for rent there that was yeah. really cool. Because basically, I drag along grocery shopping. I'm like, I want to look at the movies. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Bob's video. You stop. Macy's. Mm-hmm. A lot of places. Larson Video. That was open until recently. Yeah, sadly. We're not doing an episode about <laughs> rental stores, though. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I used to rent this movie all the time. And we actually had um, one of the rental stores had the director's cut in this bizarre version that I huh. think might have been a bootleg. <laughs> I saw it so many times. I rented that VHS a lot of times until one day my parents were like, he just keeps renting this, let's copy it. <laughs> yes, there you go. <laughs> That's funny. We'll so, save yeah. the rental fee and just copy the movie. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. Nice. That was a crazy thing people used to do, the two VHS setup. Heck yep. yeah. I wonder if anybody ever messed up and recorded over the rental store's video with, <laughs> nah. with something stupid they had. Oh no, what did we do? That would be think funny. So. I mean, you had... <laughs> You had to be slightly savvy, but not too savvy. Yeah, but if you were like, you knew the general setup, but you're just one of those people that does it yeah. wrong. Just imagine going to the rental store and you're like, <laughs> going to rent Highlander. And it is at first, but then somebody hit the record button and just starts recording just whatever was on their TV at the yeah. time. <laughs> oh, that would be very sad. Yes. So anyway. Uh, the old school days. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about the movie for a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, I guess. Not about recording over Highlander. So do you like uh, Connor watching wrestling? Oh, yeah, the beginning. <laughs> I forgot was, uh... in this how he has no expressions, really, other yeah. than 
slightly angry and confused as yeah. to why he is angry. Like, I'm mad, but I'm not sure why. Yeah, he didn't sometimes even seem he... to know why he was there. Yeah, yeah. that's kind of like, how did I end up here? Yeah. Sometimes he has this, like, weird laugh. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think he does okay despite being obviously French. <laughs> yeah. And that's like a running trend within the franchise, really. It's like, <laughs> let's hire a different person to be a Scotsman. Yeah. Well, and I know you you pointed it out. It's it's really apparent when you have him and Ramirez across from Ramirez. <laughs> yep. Sean Connor. Okay, Juan Sean Sanchez Con- Villalobos yes. Ramirez. Yep. I'm from a Spaniard from Egypt, of course. And I married a <laughs> Japanese princess. Shakiko Galore. But I've never heard of this Scotland you're talking about. <laughs> What's all that business, McLeod? Yielding <laughs> his katana confused about Scotland. Yeah. Yeah. As he talks to the French Scotsman. Yes. Well, back in Scotland, you know, it was kind of like, uh, just if he's like, Similar to Tommy Wiseau voice. Yeah, a lot of people have pointed out that um, he does sound kind of like Tommy Wiseau in this movie. He had a very tenuous grasp on the English language at the time of making this. I think his biggest movie before this was Greystoke, The Legend of Tarzan. So, Okay. You guys all seen that? uh, I've never even heard of it right now. (laughs) It's uh, not well loved. Okay. Is it in French? Yeah. Okay, well, he probably sounds better in that language. It has a dub. I oh, okay. I've seen a dub of that, but yeah. Anyway, um, so so you got him watching wrestling, which is weird. Yeah, and the fans are way into it, but not him. That yeah. guy next to him was like grabbing his shoulder, like oh yeah, the guy's yeah. screaming into his ear. I've never seen. I, I've never watched wrestling and seen people that into it, ever. I mean, I've seen people into it, but not like that. Dude, that guy yeah. put up his house as a bet on who's going to win. <laughs> Although um, Nathan's grandfather was very into wrestling, and he, he acted that way like while watching it. Okay. <laughs> so well, I guess so those people, people do exist. Yeah, he was insane. <laughs> he was so into it. Anyway, so you got the uh, Amon Fazil parking lot battle. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah the, the parking garage. Yeah. Yeah, it was so great because, like I was saying in the movie, I just kept imagining cutting it in with the Seinfeld episode. Yeah. And they're looking for Kramer because Elaine in that episode is like, Kramer! But yeah. then if if you were good at doing the deep fakes, just put uh, Kramer's face over Christopher Lambert <laughs> yes. and Kramer's an immortal fighting in the parking garage. <laughs> Kramer decapitates someone. All yes. that. Oh man, there can uh, be only one. Yeah, and you could. Yeah, <laughs> there can be only one, Jerry. <laughs> yeah, you just like put, um, yeah, like some random like Kramer noises and lines in. Oh yes, Kramer, what's going on here? And then it's like them it's trying the to start the their quickening, car. Jerry. That's <laughs> the only one. Yeah, it's the quickening. <laughs> Kramer, what is that? It's the quickening, Jerry. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> if only. I don't know how hard those deep fake things are to do, but somebody <laughs> should do that. That's well, good I'm not at, talented. at those and general video editing. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, interesting Amon Fazil stuff. Josh, you were uh, looking at a specific Oh yeah, they, they had one. Now, I didn't double check, but I'm pretty sure they had an AMC Javelin parked in the parking lot. Okay, and what's the AMC Javelin? It's an old... Uh... Uh, AMC, which is got absorbed into GM, if I remember correctly, and then yeah. became a movie channel. And it w- it was a 
Kind of... American movie classics. Meh-ish car. It looked cool, but there was a lot better stuff available at the time. Okay. Interesting. Neat looking, though. It looks like a bigger gremlin, honestly, every time I look at it. Gremlins. <laughs> That's the first scene where you see the quickening happen, where he chops off a Monfazil's head. Yep. And... Then you see all the lightning, and then the exploding cars. Oh, man, I gotta say, whoever was in charge of the <laughs> special effects for this had a lot of fun. Because yeah. all these locations, like, okay, go here, blow a bunch of stuff up and cause mayhem. <laughs> yeah. Cool. <laughs> yep, lightning and demon ghosts are plus. I will say, though, when they kill someone, they are there's always a bunch of random stuff that happens, apparently. Like... Windows blow up, hoods blow off of cars. Also, apparently, one car, like, the oil pan just leaks all over the ground. Yeah. <laughs> like, that car apparently didn't want to explode. Yep. Might be based on how powerful the person who just died was. I guess. Could yeah, be. maybe. You want some uh, deep Highlander lore? Yes. Uh, Highlander Endgame, they talk about, like, people's power levels. There's these guys called those called the Watchers. Do you know who the Watchers are? Sounds like the Frieza no. Force. I don't uh, know. <laughs> in the TV show, they're like these people who have been studying and watching the immortals for hundreds of hundreds of years. In okay. any case, they have some sort of computer system with which to dictate immortals' power levels based on who they've killed and how many mm. kills there are wrapped around all that so, Wait, so after was... killing that his power level is probably at least 180,000 yeah he, so... he might be able to beat Ginyu was Giles from Maybe. Buffy a watcher yeah but a watcher in a different <laughs> way he's a, he's a watcher of uh... he's supposed to so, watch over the yeah the slayer right? the slayers <laughs> so immortals have different watchers I guess immortals have different watchers and they just assign power levels and yep. they're more like an Illuminati society type yeah. thing. Actually, that's one of the coolest things about the show. <laughs> okay, so that that part comes from the TV show. Yeah. Not necessarily Highlander 2, which we're going to watch next. Well, yeah. Yeah. yeah, not next, but the next, next episode. episode. Yes. The sequel episode. <laughs> yes. Um, that's not in Highlander 2. It's in the TV show and Highlander Endgame. And Highlander the Source. Anyway... <laughs> So uh, I, I know it's for cinematography, Rod. You you mentioned this, and I have to agree with you. They have weird transitions going from the now time, as in 1985, yeah. to the long, long ago. Yes, yep, to the long, long ago, the before time. Like, um, uh, yeah, he like because this is the first transition we're talking about here. Yeah, how, like the Highlander like looks at a police light and it. Yeah, wipes. talking to his friends Angus and stuff. Yep. Yep, the, the light, the police light fades into Scotland with, like, a really bad MIDI synthesizer. Yeah. Yeah, pretty fun. But that's okay because the movie is supposed to be taking place in the present. <laughs> so, like, it doesn't bother me as much. Yeah. But, yeah, they, they yeah. I love the whole scene with after the police brutality where um the scotland stuff happens and then connor dies oh, yeah just... they, they go to combat with yeah. all hundred of their people yeah I, I love the part and he sounds i gotta i gotta call him on this he sounds so whiny when connor's there and he's 
gonna fight people and everyone runs away and he has that moment where he has his sword by his side and he's like no one will fight me yeah. <laughs> come on you cowards on, why are you running fight away me, for <laughs> fight me damn you <laughs> and yeah my favorite part of that scene is that you know you have the few guys like no no not no, him. no 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 not yeah. him kirkin says like leave the you know this one to leave me leave this one to me and so they're told not to because Do that's not. his major stipulation in helping them with the battle because he's like some highly sought after fighter warrior guy yeah anyway. he's i guess supposed to be like a mercenary or something yeah. like he's fa this like famous warrior and everything but apparently he just but, works for whoever yeah there's this part where connor gets so frustrated that no one will fight him that he straight up like hits a guy with the hilt of his sword yeah. he's like pissed off <laughs> <and> smashes <laughs> cool. him in the face it's so funny oh yeah <laughs> It was a very entertaining scene, actually. Yeah, but the Kurgan comes, stabs, stabs him. him. He dies, and then he is reborn again. Oh, it's like a war boy. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it was really funny because the one, the one lady's there, and she's. Do we ever? Do they ever establish who she is? Other yeah, she's his like girlfriend slash fiance. Okay, yeah, okay. She seems into him. Yeah, Kate. Like I didn't know if that was. If that was the case, or if, like it was his sister or mom or something. Nope she was she was ready to bang him. Ah, uh, but then he is then in he leave with stabbed. Lucifer. Yep. In yeah. Fact. Yeah, that was she definitely one eighties the fastest out yeah. of everyone. It's like, oh, I he died last night. Wait, he survived. Burn him. <laughs> yeah. She was the biggest pusher for his death. Yeah. Oh yeah. I guess we're 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 skipping to multiple multiple past scenes, but oh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah I didn't know it was all totally fine. I didn't know but, it wasn't the same one. But the, I love that thing when he goes into the like bar, you know. Oh yeah, and everybody's like, like confused, oh. <laughs> you know. She's like, "You're in leave with Lucifer," <laughs> and all that stuff. I love the part. He's like, "What are you doing? We're kinsmen." That one dude's like, "Connor McLeod was my kinsman." I don't know who you are. <laughs> and then Angus cast helps him leave instead of just being burned as a witch. Well, yeah, because yeah. they just tie him to like an ox yoke and everyone's like punching him and throwing stuff at him. And then his girlfriend, fiance is like, we need to burn. Yeah, he's him. like, no, this isn't enough. He yeah. must burn. She was mad when yeah. he yeah. suggested banishment. Yeah. yeah. Banishment isn't good enough. Yeah, gotta murder him. He's but, the yeah. devil. But lucky he has good old Angus, who instead manages to convince everyone to let him just run away and he'll be banished. Yep. And he'll never forget the goodness of Angus. And we never see Angus again Angus. after this. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and Paul recognized Angus. So. Oh, yeah. Jorah Mormont. Jorah's dad. And, uh, <laughs> the, the Lord Commander. Yeah. Let's watch. Angus McLeod. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I like the police interrogation. I think that's pretty interesting. Oh yeah, because <laughs> they're like, you know, talking about the weapon before oh, yeah, that. The, the have... forensic girl shows up and finds this sword that what's his yeah. name was using. The Scalamanga yeah. broad broad sword. It's worth over a million dollars. And we see Joe Polino. Yeah. Yep. Who has a very reserved role and like, it's pretty cool to see him as like a policeman and this like interesting character because 
We're going to see him in the next movie. Very different character for him. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mostly recognize him as Frank Reynolds' older brother, Gino Reynolds. Yeah. And also the uh, superintendent guy of uh, of the building in Seinfeld. Yes. He attacks <laughs> okay. Joe Mayo with a sock full of pennies. So. He does. <laughs> see? Seinfeld scene. Yeah. It's all about <laughs> Seinfeld this episode. <laughs> Kramer was killing people in parking garages, and then, then later that cop became the superintendent in their building. Yeah. Yeah, he's interesting. He's, you know, the other cop, basically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I do, the other cop. I do like this interrogation you were saying, Rodney. Yeah. Oh, this is my theory. You were going to buy this from this guy, but you didn't agree on the price, so you killed him. Yeah. And his counter theory. I th- I have a different theory. He was watching wrestling, and he was so sad by the poor performance. He went down in the basement and decapitated himself and like out a of bit depression. Of depression. Yeah. Yep. Oh, it's so bad. <laughs> yeah, and that one like dick cop that throws him around earlier. Oh with yeah, the police brutality. He's some crazy dude, but he. They piss each other off and Nash, like, attacks him because he's being called Nash right now. His name is Russell Nash. Oh, yes. The antiques dealer. Yeah. Amon Fazil. So. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's no way I would remember all these names. (laughs) No. I uh, was writing down the names of the people before they happened in the movie. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> including the next one, Victor Kruger, who's yes, Victor Kruger. alias, oh, alias that yes. the Kurgan uses to check into the dive. Yeah, I guess. New York motel, slum extended motel, stay yeah. motel for twenty dollars. Yeah, at least up front. Yep. Hey man, I love the guy running the counter. Hey man, you need anything? Blow yep. women. Whatever you need, man, just come say, yep. just come say the dial word. Zero dial whatever. zero. <laughs> Anything you need. Broads, blow, uh, just dial O, huh? Dial O, there we go. Yep. Dial it. Impressed by his wad of cash, that's why. Yeah, because he, yeah, he pulled the 20 probably, off of a much bigger wad. He probably wad. had like yeah. $300 there. And that old incomprehensible dude in the corner just saying stuff. Yeah, he's just rambling on. He's like, hey, shut up. Don't harass the customers. <laughs> and then he orders candy. Yep. Oh, we do get that scene of him, like, putting his sword... Assembling yeah. it. Yeah, his... The, yeah, break-apart sword. Yes, the break-apart sword that goes in a case, and it has a button to flip those two little, <laughs> little yeah, things out. Thing. Well, because you got to hold it up so you can use your uh, Eye of Thundara powers. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Oh, we also got to mention that the Kurgan cruises around to Queen. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Putting in queen tapes in his car. He's fully embraced that rock and roll lifestyle. Oh, yeah. absolutely. If anything is... for him, it's that warrior's garb has made a comeback. Oh, yeah. yeah. He is all mm-hmm. about the goth glam metal of the age. Yeah, I kind of wonder what the Kurgan was doing in the 1950s. <laughs> like, I don't know. I can't imagine he was fitting in very well. <laughs> Maybe he was a greaser. Maybe. <laughs> I could kind of see him I could as see that. him going for certain styles at the time, like, well, this is the best this era has to offer. Well, I mean, they did have, like, leather jackets, so I'm sure he'd be like, oh, Maybe he okay, made the knife comb cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he has a knife comb that's a knife on one end, a comb on the other. <laughs> yep. 
Well, yes. I do yes. like they do do a great framing where they show him they have like the close up of his eye when Candy shows up. Hi, yeah. I'm Candy. I bet you are. Yeah, of course you, of are. Course you are. That's yeah. it. <laughs> oh man, Clancy Brown's voice is amazing. He's just the oh, greatest yeah. thing ever. Oh, you know, I, I've been forced to watch The Mandalorian recently, and he's in an episode. And when he appears, he's a demon man nice. who, like, body slams robots. It's insane. Well, we find out later he's <laughs> full of demons. So Yes. It's like, <laughs> I was, the most of the time during that show, I'm like, okay, whatever. It's just, it continually panders towards the Star Wars audience. And then all of a sudden, Clancy Brown shows up. I'm like, yes. This <laughs> uh, is the only thing for me. To rob yeah. me finally. <laughs> finally this. And then Giancarlo Esposito appears later. Yep. That's okay. not Highlander. So. <laughs> they should have had Giancarlo Esposito in Highlander. So, <laughs> anyway... So we got Brenda, she's looking for pieces of metal, and then, you know. I do have the comment that he has one hell of a fucking katana. Considering when he decapitates the one guy, he buries the katana like three inches in a concrete. Yeah, pillar. Pillar, which Mm -hmm. is cool for movies. Katanas are not made to take that kind of impact on This was made by uh, Masamune, though. Yeah, That is true, it is an actual Masamune. Yeah. The OG Masamune. <laughs> he, he made given this to one. Him by, given to the Spanish Egyptian Ramirez. Yep. As he a was a son in law, I guess. Yeah. Oh, thanks, Pops. This looks swell. <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> and then the father on the left going, I got a better off. idea for how to make that sword better. I need a nine <laughs> foot long one. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So they they go they have that scene at the bar where Queen's One Year of Love is playing. Yep. That's a running theme in this in this but yep, that song creeps up a lot. And then there's that whole thing, you know, they upset each other. Well, Nash upsets Nash. Brenda because he, he basically about... tells her that he's been following her around. <laughs> yeah, do you go to Madison Square Gardens often? What do you mean by that? I don't know. Basketball games? Hockey? Wrestling? wrestling? Yeah, she looks like the kind of girl who might be into some wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> but she can take care of herself. Yep. But then uh, she tries to follow him after he's dejected and then... Basically, he runs into the Kurgan. Yep. It's pretty wild. So they have the street fight. Yep, we get some sword versus lead pipe fighting. Yeah. <laughs> Weird stuff. So you got the uh, thing where after it happens, she like chases him down, starts asking him questions like, what the hell is what he talking hell just about? Happened? Yeah, the, he said there can be only one. Only one what? What is going on? And Connor's like... You only have one life. Yeah, you only have one life. If you value it, go home. And then he walks away. So. That's all the explanation you get in the original version. Or the US version. Yep. <laughs> Pretty much. Because they cut out the explanation to her. <laughs> yeah, they they cut out a lot of weird <laughs> things. But... but... But if we go back to the past, then we do get to meet... Uh... The our, Spaniard himself? Our Spaniard Egyptian Japanese man again. Yep. So he <laughs> uh, appears out of light. Uh, so Connor and uh, Heather, his new wife, are banging 
at a picnic. Yep. They're they're and, having fun. <laughs> and then a flash of light appears, then you hear a horse sound and he seemingly jumps over them, jumps jumps over over them <laughs> and just introduces himself. It's so like what? Can he do like portal jumping or something that they just didn't bother to show? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> and this is where he explains who he is. Yep. And you got all the stuff with them, like training and... Training on cliffs. This was the thing that (laughs) was so confusing to me from pacing, because you have the two of them sitting there talking, then you have the image of Connor being struck by lightning on a cliff (laughs) that looks very far away, and then he's immediately next to Sean Connery after Sean Connery explains what you're experiencing is called the quickening. (laughs) <laughs> yep. That's the explanation. Then they frolic on the beach. Yep, and then they... Well, that's, yeah, that's well, first, the, beach, first you have to throw them out level. of a boat. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, we got yeah. to explain that this, this transition <laughs> back to Scotland actually happens when um, Russell Nash, Connor McLeod, is reading Brenda's book, cleaning his sword, and then he looks over at his fish tank where it appears to oh, be yeah. the lake where he's uh, okay. doing balance. Where he's, very cool transition. Yeah. That's one that worked really well for this one. I think all the transitions are amazing. Including and, the Mona Lisa? Yeah. I think that <laughs> I think that works because, you know, Connor looks surprisingly like the Mona Lisa. Well, you know. Why did Mona Lisa have red eyes? I don't know. It's just the way <laughs> it is sometimes. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a weird weird thing. And the the transitions and really the pacing of the film is pretty interesting. Um, Russell Mulche is the director. He's an Australian guy. He did a film before this called Razorback, a horror Australian horror film. But he was mostly known as a music video director. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So anyway, interesting guy. And he, he also directed Highlander, too. So anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, d- we get the first time where we see what it means to be immortal when uh, Ramirez gets irritated by Connor and knocks him out of the boat. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, oh, swim. he can't drown either. The drowning part. Yeah. I do love how he's panicking and he's like, I can't swim, I'm gonna drown. Yeah. And Connor is just like, you can't drown, you're immortal. And just rowing slowly away. Yes. But he gets to the bottom and he indeed did not drown. Yep. So he decides what better time to try and murder Sean Connery. Yep. <laughs> and he asks questions, which is makes sense. He's like, how did it happen? He's like, why did the sun come up? Yeah. I don't know. Not, no one knows. Are the, are the stars just pinholes in the curtain of night? No yep. one knows. Yep. All we know is that someday in the near future, we'll, we, we'll all be called to a distant land. Because we all have to kill each other eventually. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that was the part where I'm like, okay, why is he like training this guy who in the future might kill him? You said there was some yeah, some so, destroyed scenes that kind of explain it. I, yeah, I can have a, my own theories for it, but... There's a studio fire that happened that destroyed most of the casting gear scenes, as well as a couple scenes with the Kurgan talking to his mentor, and the mentor kind of hints at the idea that, you know, they feel compelled to help newcomers for whatever reason, and then the Kurgan ends up killing the person that trains him. Just 
kind of to juxtapose the same thing that happened with Sean Connery's character and um, Christopher Lambert's as he chose not to kill him, you know? Yeah, because yeah, he didn't get the scene where he like, beats him. And yeah. It's like, ah, but we're friends now. So that's some interesting stuff that sadly we will never see. No one uh, will, apparently. Maybe, yep. I mean, the compulsion is because, like, it has to be a fair fight. It has to be a Maybe. strong fight yeah, for the some, power to be worthwhile. Something for the power wanting, like, even yeah. if you don't know why, if you're just compelled see, to do it. See, before before learning about that, that they're compelled to, which Rodney informed me of, <laughs> yep. I always kind of had the feeling that I think, like, Sean Connery mentions, like, when he married the Japanese girl and she died, like, it basically just devastated his will to continue kind of thing. So I yeah, think his like idea was probably going to be, eh, uh, again, this is my theory from what I knew. I get the feeling he was probably going to, like, get to the end fight and just be kind of like, okay, Connor, uh, Go you got to kill me. me, but you'll gain my power. So, yeah, you know. Holy, yeah. There can I, be only one. I don't want to be it. Yeah, I don't want to be the yeah, one. And I don't be, want him to be it. And yeah, I don't, I don't want the I, And that's exactly. the thing, is I think it's mostly, like, he wouldn't want the Kirgan to yeah. be the one. Because so he, he, he mentions that if yeah. the Kirgan is the one, basically, yeah. like, he's going to pretty much enslave humanity forever kind of thing. Yeah. Which, that does seem like his style. Yeah, <laughs> I definitely yeah. think he would do that. And he does talk, like, when they have their confrontation, when... You know, Juan Sanchez Villa Lobos Ramirez is hanging <laughs> out with Heather. <laughs> yeah, and just telling her some weird story. You know, when the Kurgan bursts into Connor's place. He bursts in a lot of doors, yeah. the Kurgan. Yeah. Like, he does not knock. He just he, bursts through doors. But Kurgan also immediately recognizes him. Yeah. He's like, Ramirez. You know, they recognize yeah, each other, so, so they must have had run in, in, the, in past. the past. Yeah. yeah. Which is not explained. One of the real <laughs> sad things about this movie is there's a lot of interesting things that it feels like would be cool if we knew more about it. Yeah. But it is under two hours. So. Well, it's, you know, given that they've, they live for centuries, if not millennia, like in ramirez's case yeah he said over two thousand years yeah yeah, it's it's very possible they just kind of you would run across an immortal and it's like oh should we kill each other and i'm not feeling it we'll get to it eventually like you might just be like look i'm not having a day where i'm feeling like killing you yeah i I can't imagine there's ever a day where the kurgan doesn't want to kill someone yeah the kurgan probably is always in his killing he comes from a line of people called the kurgans who just throw children to hungry dogs for fun yep so i don't know (laughs) so he could have just encountered the kurgan or even just known him by reputation or something yeah it might just be something they just know they yeah, don't know why because why did the why did the kurgan know who where connor yeah because yeah. he knew who where other. connor was well, because 500 years ago on the planet zeist a guy named general katana decided oh, to God. punish them because they're prisoners of war and they sent them to the future on planet earth where they become immortal and must fight for the prize uh, <laughs> I don't remember. That I don't want to see the second one now. <laughs> <laughs> but Michael Ironside. Hmm. Okay, fair. Hey, more uh, Starship Troopers alumni because you yeah. have Clancy Brown and Michael Ironside. I know both of them. 
They both played like main villains of Highlander movies, and they're both in Starship Troopers. Yeah, and I love Starship Troopers. It's fun. I'd watch that again. <laughs> I love that movie. But anyway, let's oh, we, rush on. We, well, we got the scene where... Uh, yeah, we get the final showdown, and we determined if you're an immortal, go into the destruction business, because you can apparently just swing a sword and destroy Knock down this crazy castles. tower. Yeah. yeah. I also wanted to mention there's that moment where um, he... Where <laughs> Ramirez calls Connor Pendejo. Yeah, that is true. It's right, so Pendejo. funny in his Scottish accent. <laughs> anyway, so... Oh, yeah, but they, he, they he, fight. That's where uh, the Kirgan yeah. gets his neck scar because Ramirez almost him, decapitates him. Yep. Gives him a slash in the He only throat. becomes nearly headless. And he's bleeding <laughs> off. But apparently yep. they heal fast enough that he gets his voice back after, you know, having his throat cut. Yep. And he says, my cut has improved your voice. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> he asks about the woman. She's mine. Yep. Uh, not for long. Yeah. Yep, and then he kills old uh, Sean Connery. Yep. He impales him, then uh, decapitates him. Indeed. Yep. A lot of crazy stuff. A mm-hmm. lot of crazy stuff. So, they, there's the one thing with Rachel, because Brenda meets Rachel when she tries to track down Russell. Oh, yeah. Rachel's his, like, uh, front... Secretary... Yeah, secretary, whatever, receptionist. Lady. Yeah. Yep, secretary lady, and then it cuts back to the past in World War Two, where it reveals that he saves her, and then they're, they're gonna, yeah, she saves her from Nazis. From Nazis, mm-hmm. he's running away with the young child that is her, he gets gunned down by an SS officer. Yep. She's like, wait, you didn't die like the others, why? It's like, it's a kind, it's a kind of, of magic. magic. Quoting Queen before they even made this song. Hmm. So then, so then he, he shoots a nazi, which yep. is always encouraged. Yep, I guess. <laughs> well, in that no, we went to a whole war about that. There being like, no, that's okay. <laughs> hey, you know, I mean, I mean, yes, the Nazi ideals are bad. <laughs> I just feel bad for like every German being. Yeah. A Nazi in the movie. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's like every German has to be a Nazi. Of course, knowing this movie, the guy was probably Swedish or something. That's or maybe, true. Maybe he was Russian. I don't even know. <laughs> South probably, African, probably. Yeah, he's probably South African. <laughs> <laughs> the South African Nazi guy? Well, you know. Yes. <laughs> Again, yeah, lots you, of people get around in this movie. You yep. said, so then it cuts back to him, like, okay, that's who she is. But you said that scene was cut? Yep. That's that wasn't really that long. Why did they cut that? That's yeah, less than two minutes long. <laughs> and uh, well, especially because you get this like touch- information. Well, yeah, because you get this scene where he's like standing there and she makes a comment. Well, what do you people have been asking about you? What do I tell him? Ah, just tell him I'm immortal. You know. <laughs> yep. And, and so it's like, OK, well, that would be important information to know how she knows he's immortal. Yep. Yeah. So let's cut that scene. So get to know. Yeah. Like for her character to have an impact and make sense yeah, but they no. cut that line of dialogue too so oh, it doesn't matter right. yeah they we'll cut just most cut of the her out almost di- entirely yeah no you got to keep it simple americans don't understand backstory yep they That's, pretty much no. just make her a secretary that might have had a relationship with yeah they kind of it, i That's don't the know thing is like it's i haven't seen that version it's yeah if you cut those scenes out it would be i think more implied that 
He's it, banging a secretary. That he's just like banging a secretary. <laughs> but I think with the scenes, it's a lot more like, oh, no, he's basically like a father to her because her family was killed by Nazis. Well, it's... But maybe also... Yeah, yeah. It's, it's hinted at that he starts off as a father figure and then they then end up as lovers and then she ends up like a mother figure to him. Yeah. yeah. Which is a very confusing relationship. Yeah, probably really common <sighs> for immortals. Life though. of immortals, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and speaking of... 1943 to 1985 was a weird time for Connor. <laughs> yeah, and speaking of immortals and their weird relationships, the biggest tragic and most interesting thing is his relationship with Heather, which we don't get to uh, see yeah. a lot of, but, you know, yeah. he stays with her until she dies, and that's pretty terrible. Yeah, she dies of old age and... Yeah, with that amazing like, old age makeup. Oh, yeah. Yep. Top tier. <laughs> Let's put some flour in her hair and call it good. No, that's not what they did. <laughs> pretty pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I will color your eyebrows grayish. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the cool moments. So. <laughs> so, yeah, he stays with Heather until she dies, What's and that it's sad. Touching moment of, you know, remember me on my birthday, light a candle for me. And he does. Yep, yep. he does for hundreds at of least years. 300 years. <laughs> and then that was, um, sorry, just his original sword. He left it at her grave, was that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he leaves his sword and takes... Because he uses Ramirez's, Ramirez's in the future, so... Yes. So, in theory... If that place is secluded, could he go back and find his original McLeod sword? Probably. All right. Does that ever happen in the movies or shows <laughs> or anything? Maybe. Okay, cool. Oh, boy. <laughs> no, it's good to... I just thought, not in, like... Not in Highlander 2, though. Oh, okay. no. I was hoping it'd be the next movie, because it seemed like leaving it there could be a setup to go back and get it. But... Well, Highlander 2 is a sequel to this movie, and Highlander The Final Dimension is also a sequel to this movie. So... But not to each other? No. Oh, Okay, I don't know. Then. <laughs> well, in any so case, we, so you do find out that uh, <laughs> McConnor tries to. Uh, he's talking to the one girl. Oh gosh, what's Brenda? Her name? Brenda. And I, I love the him going to her place. He oh, finds yeah, out she great. she works in uh, mergers and executions. Yes, <laughs> murders and executions. Yeah, well, he's into murders and executions. She's yeah. into mergers, mergers and, and acquisitions. acquisitions. So, yes, and he, you know, they have a bit of a discussion. She's still sort of getting ready, but he goes into the other room and, like, finds the gun that she has for protection and the recording device. The recorder looks out the yeah. window and sees the cop watching the apartment. Yeah. yeah. Joe Polito. I yeah. remembered her name because I wrote down, Brenda will record everything. Yeah. <laughs> that she keeps coming up. Everything. I like how he's like, he sees the policeman. Interesting view. And she's like, what? He opens the thing. There's the recorder. Talks directly, directly into the into recorder. Said, Interesting, Interesting view. <laughs> <laughs> so you have the the wine from 1783. 1783. Very good year. He waxes nostalgic for it. Yep. And you know he he has that present. Look, I got you a gift. And it's Brenda's own book. Yeah. And she's super pissed off that he discovered all the stuff about her. and sword making. And she's like, I'm just looking for the samurai. Yeah. Not the katana. She keeps saying the samurai. Yeah. When she was looking for the sword? Yes. Yeah, she wants oh, okay. the sword, but she just talks. Instead of katana. Or at least saying samurai sword? Yeah. As a compromise? No. Yeah. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> 
She's uh, she's truly an expert. Expert on swords. Yeah. Oh, is this where she says that kind of cringy line with the... Yep. Oh, yeah. Discovering Find, this. Discovering this sword in 600... Or, 300 BC would be the same as finding a 747 before the Wright brothers had flown anything. Yep. Yeah, that's in every version of the script. Yeah. So, Someone all, thought it was really clever. All three Apparently. of them. Okay, I do have a note that made me laugh when from an earlier scene with Heather. <laughs> when Rodney commented about the, Connor, tell me about Disneyland. <laughs> oh, yes. Strike Commando. Yep. Connor, tell me about Disneyland. There's there's popcorn. All you gotta do is climb up a tree. <laughs> there's oh. cotton candy. I'll have to see this movie you speak of. <laughs> uh, it's Yeah, it's it's one of those it tries too hard to be poignant and it makes it It's the bad. worst it's the worst scene. Mm. I love it. Sounds funny. So it's perfect. That movie's perfect. So. Oh, but then we get a Trans Am. Yes. Because there's there's a dude pulling rolling around New York with a yeah. gym bag full of automatic weapons. Well, we got to mention that he meets Castigear for a brief moment. And oh, yeah, we do get yep. some backstory with Castigear. I wanted to know more about, about how they him. used to party back in 1783. <laughs> They'd get massively drunk and have duels with you know, regular rich dudes. dudes. Yeah, that, was that, that is great because it, it's a falling down drunk Connor and this aristocratic guy dueling and the yeah. aristocratic guy like knocks his sword aside, stabs him. Aha. His attendant, yep. you did so well, sir. Yeah, after oh, stabbing no, just like, missed. And he just yeah. like stands up. It's like, you must have missed. He stabs him like 15 <laughs> times. He's, He's like, like, okay, stop, stop. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That I called your wife a warthog. Yep, I'm sorry I called your wife a good, a bloated warthog, warthog. and I bid you good day. And I bid you good <laughs> he day. Laughs he laughs after saying the he, insult again. He laughs and he just walks away. I love the attendant comes up with the pistols. It's like shoot him, shoot, shoot him, him, sir. Yeah, <laughs> this this movie. Then I guess his servant annoyed him enough that he just the rich guy decided to shoot his own servant. Yeah, I can only imagine every time he stabbed him and he got back up, he was like, "Oh no, sir, it was something else." Yeah, yeah, just like God damn it, dude, shut the hell up. So Castigear v. Kurgan. So there's the dude driving around in the Trans Am, and you come across an alleyway of people sword fighting in New York. That's so just... do you see his shirt very well? It was Hey Moscow. Yeah, and then there's a picture of the. Uh... St. Basil's Basilica with a missile coming towards it. At the bottom it says, up yours. Hey, Moscow, up, up yours. yours. Hmm. Yep. So I did notice that. around in his Trans Am. <laughs> I can only weapons. assume that means this dude just cruising around in a Trans Am with an Uzi looking for commies. Yeah. yeah. If you if you want to know what a good portion of America is like, just look at this scene right here. Yep, that's a Good indication. It's a great representation. <laughs> so, anyway, so he sees these dudes fighting in an alleyway, yep. like, with swords. Yeah. So it's time to be an American hero. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's time to stop them by all costs. Because we, yeah. you know gun. who fights with swords? Communists. That's right. <laughs> he comes out with his, with his gun and just like, "What's going on here?" Shouting. Just he just wants a reason to fire. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. 
<laughs> so uh, he, he's definitely the American guy out looking for trouble. Yep. Kurgan kills Castigar. Yep. Decapitates him, and then uh, this dude freaks out and shoots Kurgan Shoot. a bunch of times, and then uh, that doesn't stop him at all. So. Yeah, Kurgan just. He gets knocked down, the guy goes to look at him, and he's gone, and then he stabs him. Yep, and, uh, throws him to the side, and then... head, like, body starts floating. Yep. And lightning, and explosions, all the and people explode. are running towards all this. Yeah, gunshots, and, like, yeah, crazy lightning and explosions, everyone comes to check it out. I mean, if you were a paranoid dude that was so paranoid you had to fill your Trans Am with guns looking for trouble, yeah. this would do nothing but confirm that the world is oh, a yeah. horrifying I, once place. This, <laughs> once this guy uh, recovers from this injury, I guarantee he just lives in a bunker off of Which is crazy that he lived forever. I just assumed he was going to be dead because he was impaled through the stomach and yeah. the Gurgan like, lifted him up with the sword and yeah. was like, I mean, talking the, to him. The thing that's bad is it is terrible but if you get medical help like getting stabbed in the stomach especially like in the like intestinal area like you can survive it yeah, yeah. now they have to usually rework how your entrails yeah. pipe things a little bit but but anyway leaving this guy alive probably permanently crippled and can't go looking for trouble anymore maybe depending on how yeah. how the sword went yeah. through yeah well, anyway, but he does tell he the cops show up. They ask him questions, and they is get it a description of what was Kurgan it? looks like. This guy, yeah, he this pulls guy out. just shows for some easily little Frenchman. Nope, nope, <laughs> not him. And then the cop, come on, what are you talking about? Of course, it's like the cops were mad that yeah. they had to do more <laughs> work. The dude stabbed me and like looked into my eyes. I'm not gonna forget his face. I'm not gonna forget his well, face. Well, he had a scar on his neck. Yeah, yeah. wasn't that guy? So yeah. So they, they know, know it's not uh, Connor, but as they're leaving, he tells them about the weird stuff with lightning and thunder and exploding windows. Yep. And, and they're like, cool. At that point, they're probably like, no, it probably was the guy we're looking for. This guy's just crazy. Yeah, yeah. like I think with the windows exploding, it's like, oh, well, clearly he's just insane. And it's the NASCA. Yeah, so they've got a... Uh... The scene where Brenda learns about Nash stealing names. Oh, yeah, because oh, she's yeah. gone through, like, birth, birth certificates, certificates finds and finds one that's signed by a doctor that's still alive and talks to him. And it's like, oh, okay, well, what do you know about this person? Oh, well, a single mom came up there and, you know, nowadays no one cares. But back then, that was a stoning offense. Yeah, in Syracuse. Well, and then what about... Uh... You know, the child. Oh, order. so the child was a bastard. A, I don't know why that was. Yeah. He's like, so he's illegitimate. Like, yeah, he was for like a minute. Then he yeah. died too. Then he died too. Yep. Uh, fake. So she goes through and well, she stolen gets stolen birth certificate, I guess. Well, and she takes like a bunch of the certificates that are kind of all together. And oh, that, they do like the, analysis time. Yeah, they do like handwriting. the handwriting analysis, and they're like, oh, see, it's all one guy. I like the future-y, all the time, the futuristic type computer stuff. It's just like yeah. green letters moving around on screen, and then they line up. It's a perfect match, basically. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so anyway, we got the church scene. Um, oh, yeah. the best scene in the movie. Yeah, Kurgan informs Connor that they are the only two left now. Kurgan's new look. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Shows up with the shaved so, head well, it's great and because the, like, we have tattoo. Well, yeah, we got the... Like Connor comes in and he with likes... with a rat tail on the side. Yeah. 
Well, Connor comes in, he likes the candle, he goes, for you, Heather. It's very sweet. And then the Kurgan walks in and he goes up to the, he kind of like half-asses like, like the, the Hail Mary yeah. thing. The, the cross, the cross goes up to the shrine and like puts, puts out, out the, the candles, candles with his hands. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Goes up and we turn around, we see his new look. I'm in disguise. Yeah, I'm in disguise. <laughs> yeah, he, uh. This way. No one will recognize me. <laughs> he still looks like a seven-foot monster. And then he, like, turns to those nuns. Happy Halloween, ladies! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I do like how he hides his scar, because he's put a bunch of safety pins his, in it, so in it just looks neck. like this goth. Yeah. He's just a uh, hardcore punk. hiding at all. <laughs> I mean, he could have worn a scarf, but no, safety pins. That was yep. his solution. <laughs> he's, he's way too metal for a scarf. Exactly, or a turtleneck. <laughs> yeah, so weird. So anyway, they talk. Should have gone with a choker, or something like that. that yeah, he could have put like a spiked choker. He yeah, could have. That, that. would have fit his look. But yes, safety pins were probably just easier at that time. I I, I just love this because the whole time because they established the rule that no immortal kills another on hollowed yep. ground. Mm. Yep. So he's just there, and I mean, he's like the loudest dude. Yeah, yeah or he's like, people are leaving because of him. Yeah. Oh, well, he's talking to Connie. He's like, oh, you're going to die like Ramirez. I killed him and then raped yeah. this woman before his blood was cold. Like just shouting yeah. this in the middle, in of, the middle a of a church. News to Connor. Yeah. It's it's like, like, I see. So it was your what? woman. And she, and never, she never told, told you. you. I wonder why. Maybe I gave her something that you never did. And secretly... She yearned for my, my return. <laughs> this is off Connor, and he's like, I'll be waiting outside, basically. Yeah. yeah. Although they don't end up fighting right here. No. But... They do, it is interesting here, because he, gra- he like, looks like he's going to throw down with Kurgan, but even Kurgan's like, no, yep. I know Ramirez taught you. <laughs> yep. And his exit is uh, one of the most memorable exits of all time from a church. Oh, yeah. So I love, first of all, like the priest comes yeah. up and he's like, okay, sir, people are trying, trying to, to pray. pray. You Shut worship up. this person, this, you know, this Jesus person. Yes. Well, he uh, died for his, for our sins. That will be his undoing. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> Well, it will even says like, why do I? Why should I care about these mortals? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Like, Forgive me, Father, for I am a worm. And he takes his hand and then licks the yep. priest's uh, hand. Yeah. Oh. Ah. <laughs> and then he exits with a uh, deaf leopard quotes. <laughs> Better to burn out than to fade away. <laughs> he's so insane he's just so crazy I love his character yeah he's been waiting so long for the metal era oh yeah. he, like he was born for the time he was in and then he had to wait until the metal era and now yeah. he's home again <laughs> yep he had to wait till like the mid 70s but he got there <laughs> like I made it I've come home again so we got to briefly touch on the fact that Connor and Brenda have a meeting at his antiques place where she uh is forced to stab him. Yep. He, he, he makes her stab him so that he can prove he's immortal, which I guess turns her on. So, so they, they bang sex. immediately. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then they go to the zoo to look at some <laughs> lions. lions. Yeah. Um, that was so weird. I'm like, why are they just at the zoo now? That's yeah. their date. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, okay, they just got done banging. It's the next morning. Oh, uh, uh, you want to see some, some lions? lions? Like yeah. the zoo's nearby. 
go to the zoo. So <laughs> been to the zoo in a while. Let's go. They I, I, it only the... would have been better if both of them had an ice cream cone during this. Yep. <laughs> well, he doesn't eat much. Mm. True. So they uh, they're hanging out, and then Brenda goes home after her crazy date, and then she is taken by the Kurgan. Yep. And he leaves a message on. Uh, Russell Nash's answering machine and basically in- tells him I'm going to be here you can take your time she's a screamer yep so he has to go save Brenda and he says his goodbyes to Rachel yeah basically okay here's a in the cabinet there's some paperwork it has like power of attorney and everything for you yep she's like you're not coming back even if you win like nope Nash is gonna die tonight, one way or the yeah, other. Like you knew yep. this day would come, but yeah, that that's okay, another you... scene where yeah, if they had cut out, or was that one in the original? Yeah. Oh, okay. That was basically the only scene with Rachel well, that pay off for it, but they cut out it's the like, scenes building it up. That wouldn't. It doesn't make any sense yeah. in the U.S. cuts. Like, why is he doing this? Yeah. It's irrelevant. Like they could have just <laughs> cut out all of the Rachel stuff, and it wouldn't have affected the U.S. Yeah. version. Sounds yep. like it. Oh, we do got to talk about the scene right before this when the Kurgan's just cruising oh, down the with road Brenda. with yeah. Brenda just driving the wrong way the wrong in traffic. Like, you ever play yep. chicken? Ah! And like screaming. she screams and he screams mockingly. Listening to music. Yeah. Listening to some Doing things uh, where he's also screaming and not queen. having his hand on the wheel. Yep. Oh, no. Oh, he like covers his eyes. Yeah. Like, ah! yep. Listening to Queen's version of New York, New mm-hmm. York. And he's oh, yeah. like singing the like. Singing as much as the Kurgan can sing. The parts to the song is like, come on, sing with me. <laughs> oh, he's running people off the road. He like uh, that motorcycle guy. He just comes up behind it, like pushes him off. Yeah. The guy goes flying over. Seems so good. <laughs> Dry, jumps on the sidewalk. It shows he hits he's just hitting people. people. Yeah, it's like ah ha ha, whatever. Yep. He's clearly always wanted to do this, and. Just was always stuck lying low, but the quickening is coming, so yeah. he can do whatever he wants. I, I really like think it, it's yeah. like he's embraced like the nihilism of like, look, I'm gonna win, and then nothing matters other than whatever I want to do. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's apparently he's the oldest of them that they know of. Yeah. yeah. So he's been around even longer than Ramirez. After oh, okay, thousands I know he's a- upon thousands of years, it's like. Something's got to change in your head at some point. <laughs> I imagine after so many hundreds of years, eventually you just lose. Like, okay, eventually you reach a point where I've done everything available to do in this world. Yeah. Yep. So he embraced destruction. Plus, that seemed like that's just his personality. Anyway. Yeah, plus he just liked <laughs> destroying. Well, let's put it this way: I'm not even forty yet, and each passing year I get more nihilistic. Yeah. So. Well, because Ramirez said he was two thousand four hundred thirty-seven, so yeah, Kurgan is at least two thousand four hundred thirty-eight. Yep. <laughs> oh, I can't even no, imagine. We get, oh, yeah. we get the weird. Oh, the scene is just so great because I just love watching. The Kurgan just get way into the character, just know. driving on the sidewalk, pointing out, like, oh, see that building? That's where we're going to have the showdown. Yep. I'm going to kill him there, and I'm going to strap you to one giant S that you can see there. It'll yep. be lots of fun. Yep, so they take her to Silver Cup Studios, have the showdown there, and it's an awesome showdown. She's strapped to one of the letters. Kurgan, like, 
cuts down the support things while Connor's fighting him. Water Knocks tower over a breaks. water tower yeah. and like floods the roof. There's that one scene that I just, it's great. And I also laugh when Kirkin's <laughs> like, where'd he go? Cause he, Connor like ducks under the water. So he like spins around, but <laughs> slowly lowers himself like into the water. He's circling down the drain. Yeah. Like Ooh. he's like smiling the whole oh, time. Yeah. He's just like everything was this scene is like i'm just gonna have fun with it <laughs> yeah everything the kurgan does is for his own amusement he yep. is yep. unstoppable and he knows it yeah yep. he's the best thing oh so they finally break that window and fall down into the silver cup building yep and yeah they, they get up they they keep fighting some <laughs> Yeah, oh, Brenda attacks him for a minute. Yeah, she was in peril before she was hanging over the edge, but she was able to <laughs> she get down back. there. She got untied somehow. Yeah, because like, yep. the kid actually disarms Connor, and he's going to finish him off. And then she, she comes up and him. just like whacks him with the pipe in yep. the back of the head. She whammed him. <laughs> and she whammed him. Uh, it's great, because he just turns around and looks at her, and he kind of has that uh, look on his face like, why would you do why that? Are, like, <laughs> That's what? so rude that you would hit me in the head. And there's that. And then he's where... gonna just like, well, I guess I'll just you know cut you yeah. in half. And there's that part where Connor go looks at her and he's like, "What kept you?" What kept you? <laughs> it's so <laughs> weird. <laughs> so the fight ensues. Yep. And it's pretty damn epic. Swords, oh, great lighting, a... very cool. It's an awesome scene. Yep. And uh, eventually he gets beheaded. Yep. And like sparks shoot out of his head. Well, it's yeah. funny because he, like, cuts the Kyrgyz head off and we don't see anything for a while and then, like, it's the immortal ooze comes out of his yeah. neck. His head falls off at some point, but his He's body still, his actually, like, moving, yeah. goes up to, like, the He's ready refusing. sword positions. It's like, dang, he is all about, like, even decapitated. It's like, nope, gonna keep fighting. Yeah, Having too much weird. fun. And, uh, after Kurgan's power is released, he suddenly, uh, Connor's like, on the ground, then he says, there can be, be only one. one, and then explosions happen, and then... The windows break. He's yeah. floating in the air, and demons... That was the crazy Animated part. ghosts start accosting him, I Windows guess. exploding and lightning I was used to. I didn't know that the Kurgan was literally just filled with demons, so. Yep. We saw it, the part, I'm like, oh, his girlfriend in Scotland, whatever, she was yeah, right. 300 years yep. ago, she was right. See, like, from the grave, this she's going, time. see, I told you, demons! He's, like, spinning in circles, and it's <laughs> zooming into his eye and all sorts of stuff, and he's, like, screaming stuff like, I know everything! I am everything! Yep. It's like, what the hell is happening? So then they go to Scotland. Yep. <laughs> he's, he's showing where uh, him and Heather used to, you know, hook up. Yep. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess Connor and Brenda are a couple now. And he, he goes into his power, kind of. Yeah, he explains the prize, <laughs> so which weird. is, I guess he can hear everyone's thoughts if he focuses. And uh, now he's mortal and can have kids. That's... Those are the powers you get for winning the prize. I can only assume, like, the mortality is kind of an optional thing. Maybe, I don't know. Because otherwise it's like, okay, well, you're not immortal anymore, but psychic. Yep. Yeah, like, I mean, I, I mean... guess if you live long enough, you're like, okay, I'll and then he, live out my years. He talks to the force ghost Ramirez. Yep. It's like, you never prepared me for that, you Spanish peacock. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. We Spaniards are a tricky bunch. No. <laughs> say that, but... Oh, just the casting. Yeah. Or maybe the power is what you want. What you wish for. It's... And he didn't really want power, so he got, like, minimum power is what he's using. Maybe well, it's, yeah, like, what you like, wish like, for in Ramirez your heart or something. said, like, you'll have, like, if you win, you'll have power beyond your imagination. So... Yep. He's like, I don't really want power. So I'm interested what would have happened if the Kurgan had won. Like, would he just get probably not the same powers unless it because it seemed like it would be more like uh like you get a wish kind of yeah because he nobody... wants to be able to live a mortal yeah, like, life if you're the yeah. last immortal you get a wish on the dragon ball yeah <laughs> i was basically saying that what yeah. the prize is basically yeah plus it's uh different in highlander too so anyway oh, okay. <laughs> it's it's making you want to watch it less and less Josh. they didn't have the continuity mapped out for these this series uh, well, considering the fact that they made a sequel to a movie where every immortal except one dies. Okay, now er erase all of that for the next continuity. They just misunderstood the rules. Yeah, I don't know. Why not? Yeah, they could have. Well, I mean, let's face it, just Rise with Ramirez, it's like, okay, well, you got like 2,000 years of time you yeah. can play with. And they could show at one point if, uh, aside from the, you know, the tower scene, but if Ramirez and the Kurgan did have a showdown in the past, they could have shown that. Yep. So, uh, did you guys like this movie? Maybe the Rise of Ramirez instead. It Rise was great. of Ramirez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love this movie. I forget how much fun the Kerrigan is, especially there, like from the church scene on, he immediately steals the entire yeah, he goes rest nuts of the movie. With the end, like 15 minutes of yeah. the movie. Oh man, so Rise of Ramirez, it's, it reveals that he's not actually McLeod, he's uh, Connor Palpatine. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I was kind of thinking of more. Yeah, well, I forgot that the uh, Star Wars movie was Rise well, of. Yeah. Well, that movie happened a long time ago, so... Would, uh, yeah, it's been a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Is, uh, is Connor the youngest immortal? No. And, no? Okay, because, I mean, show where the others? youngest in this movie, at least. Uh, well, I mean, unless Amon Fazil or Castagir are younger. Might have been younger, who knows? Uh, Depends just how curious well they if it was there was the youngest uh, defeating the oldest. Chinese guy whose scenes were also destroyed in the fire, some other immortal that uh, was never in the movie. Sucks. So, mm. yeah. Yeah, so if uh, Connor Palpatine steals Ramirez's name at the end, would he also be claiming he's a Spaniard? <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> Or maybe. Egyptian or anything? I'm Egyptian, Spaniard, Scottish, Japanese. Well, maybe Ramirez yes. is so old that he doesn't actually know, you know, where... what his original I language his original I culture was. After he's just... two millennia, you'd eventually just be like, where the hell was I born again? Yeah. I think this continent... Yeah, well, you know, there's or did that, I just live there a while? Yeah. That line, for a couple of centuries. Where are you from? Lots of different places. places. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> anyway, so I mean, I could, I could only imagine if, like, you knew you were going to live for hundreds, if not thousands, of years. You'd be like, uh, I guess I'll move to this place and just, you know, live <laughs> yes. here. So you're, you're saying you liked this movie? I like this movie. Okay, it's fun. Swords are a little crazy, because apparently the swords yeah. are also immortal. Yep. The swords get stronger with each killing. I yeah. think so. I think they absorb some well, of you, the immortal. Some of the, some of the immortal demons. Yep. You get some <laughs> well, demons. Notice, okay, notice all of the demons didn't have swords. Therefore, there are sword-specific demons that must inhabit the swords. <laughs> so you can theoretically then destroy... An immortal sword and gain some demon power, I guess. I don't know. Does this make more sense than the sequels, Rodney? No. 
Uh, I was going to say, but apparently it's fine for uh, the Kurgan to dismantle his sword. It's it's not destroyed, it's just in pieces. Exactly. I don't think the swords are super relevant. <laughs> but wouldn't they it just be like great swords. if they, like, re-edited the ending and removed all of Connor's lines and then just replaced it with, like, Daniel Johnston going, Ooh, Ooh out come the, the demons. demons! I was thinking about, like, <laughs> when he was absorbing them all, I'm like, oh, he's gonna get a big thirst for Mountain Dew here. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm kind of thinking I oh, want my, That would have been funny, just... <laughs> Friend comes up, he he just grabs her arm. I need do. But him fighting the Kurgan, like I guess throwing in more Daniel Johnston lights. He's fighting the Kurgan, and then uh, Connor's like, "My parents are gonna send me to the loony bin." And he yes. swings at him. Different things Daniel Johnston got mad at. You could just have like uh, the Kurgan suddenly start sounding like Tiny Tim. Ooh! So it's a Tiny Tim versus Daniel Johnston fight at the yeah. end. <laughs> anyway, it's so, come to this, Daniel. So, Santa, did you like this movie? There can only be one. Uh, yes, yes, I enjoyed it. It was still kind of confusing because I couldn't remember very much from when I saw it as a kid, and I just kept seeing things on screen like I don't think I've seen this before. I don't know if I've seen this movie, and then eventually I'd see something I recognized. Um, but it didn't feel like the movie that I remembered. Okay. I think women have a different opinion of this movie because most women who really like this movie is like, this movie is great. There's like all these dudes running around and <laughs> romance and stuff. It's like, okay. I'm like, yep, there's beheadings. There's yep. boobs. Yeah. <laughs> there's that one, that one story you told us about the, uh, oh, the one sexy. Yeah. yeah, when I was watching it with someone and they're like, man, that's a. That's his nice ass. I'm like, yeah, that's Christopher Lambert. The guy <laughs> that I was talking to. And we're how old at the time? Um, thirteen. Okay, yeah, I was gonna say thirteen year old boy. That'd be very embarrassing. Yeah, well, man, that mistake. I mean, I didn't really mean that. I was joking. No. Yeah, I just wanted to see what you would say. Yeah. Well, I didn't deny it. I just told him it was Christopher Lambert. <laughs> I've seen Christopher Lambert's ass in more than just this movie. So. <laughs> Did he have a nude scene in Mortal Kombat? <laughs> Unfortunately, no. It was, it was uh, burned in a fire. <laughs> lost nude scene. Yeah. Riding fighting nude is just too much power yeah. for the mortal yep. realm. Yep. Anyway. More lightning. He he does movies with lightning powers. He does. <laughs> he, do he likes lightning powers. He does you, like lightning. If you have a movie that you can give him lightning powers, he'll probably do it. We're getting sidetracked here, so Zana, <laughs> you said you liked the movie. I liked the movie, and I think what, the only things I really remembered was the, the decapitations and sparks and stuff, because that's cool. Yeah, it is cool. <laughs> I, I definitely appreciate movie. the scene destruction they did any time an immortal dies yeah. in this. Yeah, very good stuff. So, Paul, you liked this movie? Yeah, and it's good I watched it in, because I did not remember very much, other than, yeah, Ramirez being <laughs> Spaniard. So you're saying you'd have been even more confused when we watch Highlander 2 if you hadn't seen this If one. I'm supposed to remember what happened in this one, yeah. I, I, I didn't remember <laughs> almost any scenes like that. Guy in the alley shooting them, I didn't remember that. I didn't. I remembered the, like, the Kurgan and uh, Ramirez fight. That's, like, yeah, the main... Not that I didn't remember anything else, but that was the main thing I remembered. The big yeah. epic moments. Yeah. Well, no, even just that one. Like, I forgot. Oh, no, I knew that they were fighting with swords in the parking garage at the beginning. So those two. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even remember, like, the final fight or anything. Ah. So, yeah. Definitely good for me to see it again. And, yeah, it's uh, 
I mean, I already knew the line, but you know, seeing seeing where the classic lines come from is always nice. Yep, it is good. Well, I've yeah. seen this movie a lot, so <laughs> <laughs> I was writing the the notes I have before they were coming up. Yeah, That's Rodney was quoting the movie before the yeah. things were. This said. line's coming up. Let me jot that down. Yeah, <laughs> like well, the first things I wrote are like there can be only one. I am in disguise, and the, you know, you talk funny, Nash. Where are you from? Lots of, Lots of places. I wrote those down before the movie even started. <laughs> oh, I, I still remember. I'm in disguise. That, that was, was yep. that was probably the lightning bolt memory for me in this movie. Just oh, that yeah, scene. I didn't even remember that scene at all. This really so is no one will recognize like Clancy Brown's movie. He's yeah. so memorable. Oh yes. Like, how is he so good in this movie? Like. That you remember him perhaps more than Sean Connery. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I definitely say that. It's ridiculous. He's so good. Anyway. So, yeah, every time I hear SpongeBob, I'm like, it's the Kurgan. That would be pretty cool <laughs> if they ever did a SpongeBob parody where Mr. Krabs is mad at SpongeBob and he, like, tried SpongeBob. to decapitate him. <laughs> there can be only one. So good. And anyway. it's not going to be you, Spongebob. Oh, wait, no, because he would have a showdown with Spongebob later, so he decapitates Patrick in one episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Anyway. Actually, that's a question. I don't know if that it comes up at all, but do do they just like swords? Like, could they decapitate with other means? They I was thinking I was, Mr. I was, Mr. Krabs has claws, so that's why I was thinking if well, he okay. pinched we someone. We're going to watch another Highlander episode movie in the next episode. So okay. Now, to be some fair, of these questions all my will questions be will be answered. No. It'll all come together. Some of them will be answered. I actually kind of thought that too, especially when they get to like the World War II scenes. It's like so. If, it's like a tank just like turned and fired at Connor and like blasted his head bla off. Blasted his head off. Does that count? <laughs> or like uh, I mean, that guy with the, the gun. If he well, was just shooting like crazy, to, to answer that with a remake that was a PG thirteen remake mm. of the movie starring Ryan Reynolds, where the Kurgan used a rocket launcher. <laughs> okay, but only if it's the original Kurgan. Well, I was gonna say, would it be Clancy, it Clancy Brown shooting Ryan Reynolds in the face with the <laughs> rocket launcher? <laughs> I don't know, but it would have been PG-13. So. How many decapitations can you get in a PG-13? I don't know. I think it was the writer of Iron Man 2 that wrote Ooh. that script. So. Mm. Anyway, um, glad that didn't happen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so no, yes. you, You'd need to go darker, I think, if you're going to try and do this again. We all like the movie. Yes. And I assume you're all very confused as to why I put it up against The Crow. I don't remember The Crow well enough either to know. I just remember that people <laughs> See, liked the, it the back crow in the day. Is, the Crow is one I haven't seen in a while. Yeah, I do remember it was huge yeah, like that's back all, in high school days. I remember like that it's knew. popular, but I don't remember very much about like the story or anything. I know the costume. I know what the guy looks like. Yeah, I, I remember the fad of the costume. That's honestly it. <laughs> well, I am also insanely familiar with this <laughs> being a comic book person. That makes sense. Ah, oh, man. It has a comic? Yeah. Yep. Um, I think <laughs> I it was have... a comic first. Yeah, way before. Oh, okay, four or five years before the movie came out, there's a version. There's a copy of it over there on that lower shelf over there. James O'Barr's <laughs> The Crow, amongst so, some of my so they're inverses paperbacks. Uh, the comic of The Crow came before the movie, but the movie of Highlander came before the comics. <laughs> Indeed, <laughs> but you know that's just the way the way things go sometimes. But yeah comics very cool stuff i used to own original issues of it don't anymore 
Oh. <sighs> well, anyway, so... <laughs> yeah, so I guess you'll have to explain to us after the next one, unless it will be obvious why they're against each other. Yeah, I think I'm it's sure, obvious. I'm sure we oh, will. I, don't, I just <laughs> honestly don't remember almost anything about the crow. I, I remember a few things from the crow, but well, I'm, let's I'm put pretty it this sure way. I know what you're going for here. They're... R-rated action films about immortals hell-bent oh, okay. on revenge with romance subplots. Yeah. And both of them have Joe Polito in them. So that's the real So Joe Polito is what we're really judging the movies based off of. Gino which is Reynolds, the better role Which role of did he do better? <laughs> well, I know which one's the better Joe Polito role. Oh, okay. We'll, we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll discuss that after all this. So... I, I think the movies are oddly very similar in some ways. Okay. So I, I think you'll see what I'm going for when you watch the next one. All right. Okay. Cool. So we'll be back to you in just a little bit. If you or your wife or anyone you love has ever been mugged or molested or walked the streets in fear, you should see the movie Death Wish and see what one man did about it. He got himself a gun and went hunting for muggers. Dino De Laurentiis presents Charles Bronson in Death Wish. Death Wish, a Michael Winner film at the Paramount Lower Region Street now. Certificate X, Death Wish. Now we have The Crow from 1994. A struggling rock star and his fiancée are killed on Devil's Night by order of an evil dude called Top Dollar. One year later, Eric DeRaven... Get it? Because Crow. D-Raven. Because Crow. Yeah. Comes back from the dead with mysterious powers to seek revenge for the death of his fiance. Now a seemingly unstoppable immortal, Eric also discovers a friend is now a drug addict and neglectful parent to perhaps the only person in the world that would recognize him on sight. He, also, he also befriends a cop that was at the crime scene. Can he stop T-Bird and Top Dollar's crew before he loses his head? Starring Brandon Lee from Showdown in Little Tokyo and Laser Mission. Ernie Hudson from Ghostbusters and Dragon Ball Evolution. <laughs> David Patrick Kelly from Twin Peaks and The Warriors. Yeah. Joe Polito, who's in our last movie, as well as Barton Fink. Barton Fink! Barton and Tony Todd, Kern from Star Trek, and of course Ben from Night of the Living Dead remake. Mm -hmm. Yep. So it had been a while since you had seen this movie. Yep, even longer than since I had seen Highlander. I okay. hadn't actually seen it before. Really? Oh well, I'm oh, first uh, go for Zana. Hold on, something <laughs> bad happened. Um. <laughs> okay. Yeah? Sorry. Yeah, just... Go ahead and say that again in case it fell down earlier than that. That I hadn't seen it before? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one of those things where everybody I knew had seen it. I was very familiar with the costume uh, that everybody did in that era, <laughs> yep. but yep. I had never actually <laughs> seen the movie. Yep. South Park made a joke about that with Satan. Nobody show up as the crow. Every guy wants to show up as the crow and be all hot and blah, 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 you know? Yeah. <laughs> hot. Okay. And then he shows up as the crow. Yep. <laughs> Yes, exactly. I have seen it a bunch of times. I've seen it a couple of times, but I don't think I've seen it since the 90s. Yeah, it's been <laughs> here once, 
Yeah, prior to the year 2000, probably. Interesting. Well, I mean, I existed in a group filled with uh, goth wannabes and comic book fans and rock musicians. Now, so Now, did the three <laughs> Venn diagram circles merge on everything or yeah. just a couple things? They all overlap it, and yeah, the they, crow they is the center? in different oh. sections. If you draw the circles, they have an overlap. You know, and that's okay. where the crow resides. And the crow is, the crow right. is, is like the binding the of the middle yeah. of all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the crow binds all goth, emo, rockers, whatever you need. <laughs> all the people that were going to Hot Topic at that time. Yes, pretty much. <laughs> so, um, so you're not like obsessed with the crow. No, I forgot most of it. <laughs> I knew. I, I well, I thought that he came back to life, which is what it was. Yes. So that's what I knew. As in, I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's what it is. So even though I did not intend to do this episode, I'm kind of glad we did it because I the second most of the episode crow. would make no sense to anyone. <laughs> well, in any case, um, I was going to talk about the uh, various cuts of the film and stuff like that because we did that with the previous movie as well. Oh, I didn't know there so, were different cuts. What cut did we watch? So this is this is the only real cut other than the theatrical cut that is only slightly different from this yeah for all i know i saw the theatrical cut but there's no way i would know the differences well unless you saw it in the theater you didn't see the theatrical oh cut, then so. i did not see the theatrical cut <laughs> the only major differences are um extended shots of the violence slightly more extended okay. than in this one that's pretty much the only hmm. primary thing but in this case, the film went um, originally unfinished due to the onset issue where Brandon Lee was sadly killed. Mm-hmm. And they had to bring in a stunt double as well as use some state-of-the-art-at-the-time effects to like put Brandon Lee's face on the stunt double for the close-up shots that remained unfinished. Ah, so old... Which- Old-style deepfakes. Yeah. Analog deepfake. But it act- that technology <laughs> is what we use to this day like the the stuff that they did then was yeah. like groundbreaking at the time so hmm. it's interesting in that regard but when putting together a work print they decided it didn't work at all mm. they thought it was kind of not good so they decided to make it a bit shorter and cut some subplots so due to this and brandon's death um there are lots of continuity errors in this movie. Mm. Almost nonstop, <laughs> in fact. Because <laughs> there are scenes that are supposed to take place at a different time in the movie, and now they take place earlier, or vice versa. Yeah. <laughs> it's really complicated. Uh, most of the time it deals with, like, Eric's various damage tape slashes and gunshot wounds. Yeah. But also... Um, the Skull Cowboy was a character who was uh, off the chopping block entirely. So, yeah, don't know that one. So, a, a lot of like Crow fans know about that because he's in the comic and stuff. He's not that important in the comic, really. Uh, I've got the comic here. Hold on. Um, see if I can find some. <laughs> yeah. Find some uh, back as the Crow and a Weeping Angel. Yeah, Crow, Crow Cowboy Doctor guys. Who crossover. Cowboy guys, where um, are do you want? I know guys. you're looking for it, but Zana doesn't actually know the story. Do you want to give a quick uh, oh, explanation? Yeah. Yes. Um, so there's a. 
I mean, most people listening probably know, even if they've only seen the movie once or... Well, there's there's one of the Skull Cowboy moments where there's... Oh, wait, he was an actual, like, zombie guy? Yeah. Oh. Okay. I just thought that was going to be, like, his gangster name. I'm the Skull Cowboy. No, no, he's he's a weird mystical person that follows around the crow. So he's like... the crow. Ghost Rider, but on a horse? Yeah. See, I was thinking, oh, he's like Papa Midnight. (laughs) Yes. So he he walks around. I'll, I'll discuss the the story in just a second. But yeah, so the skull cowboy was off the chopping block entirely, as he was to fill the role of the talking crow in the comic for the most part. And also, he's in the comic, the skull cowboy, a couple times. But Michael Berryman played the skull cowboy. And his lines became other spoken dialogue or voiceover for the film. Mm. And for this reason, the film was reworked heavily, including the ending where they decided the crow loses his powers when you kill a crow. Or just hurt it. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, okay, that's a thing. How damaged the crow is is how damaged you can get. Weakened your powers are. Because the original version of the movie was like, he. Top Dollar, even though he ordered stuff, he didn't actually kill Shelly, so going after him was like breaking the crow laws or whatever. Uh, okay. And he, It's like, if you go do this, then you'll lose all your powers, you'll become mortal, and you can die just like anyone else. And he's like, well, I have to mm. do it. So that was why he originally became mortal. Okay. Okay. But because of a bunch of continuity things, they changed the crow stuff. So that's the history of that. And... Yes, uh, Zana wasn't super aware of the whole Brandon Lee death thing, so... Like, not even at all. Like, he he died during yes. the movie? Yes. Yep. <laughs> While filming the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, he was on set doing the Shelley rape and murder scene um, with, t- like, T-Bird's crew shooting him and all that stuff. And when he gets shot one of the times, he, you know, there was a malfunction in the gun prop where they did put a fake bullet in but it like got dislodged really quickly and shot him and yeah this is it's pretty sad how it happened they had a i actually know this because i (laughs) want this big thing about like this is why you need firearm safety yeah all uh alec baldwin recently yeah yep but in in this case they used a they used a a fake bullet that they use frequently where it has the little snap or the little primer in it and a bullet, but they take the powder out of it. And they'll use that when they like film someone like shooting a gun because it makes the sound, but supposedly it's not supposed to have enough propellant to actually eject the bullet. The one that killed Brandon Lee, it had just enough from the primer that it partially ejected the bullet and it got lodged in the barrel. And then during the next scene, they put in a, when they were doing the shooting scene, they put in a blank. And if you don't know what a, what blanks really are, is there a little paper seal and then gunpowder? So it'll yep. flash and boom and looks like a really big gunshot, but yeah. there's nothing that propels it. Mm. But apparently rather than, I don't know if, I don't know who didn't do the thing properly because usually they either don't use the same guns they're using specific bullets or there's supposed to always be someone there that checks every gun before every scene to make sure no one's going to be shot. Yeah. 
that didn't happen with this one. So when they fired the blank, the bullet that was already lodged in the barrel then had enough propellant to actually actually Mm. fire out. Yeah. And... He didn't get help right away because, you know, he fell down as his character was supposed to. And that's Yeah. It's a very complicated thing that went on. But, yeah, because of this, a lot of uh, gun safety laws in cinema changed drastically. So it's a, you know, it's a double-edged sword, so to speak. I mean, it's, it's terrible, but at the same time, a lot of people have been, you know possibly saved because of it and we'll we'll also just sorry go ahead i I think if i remember that might be what caused them to have to use two different guns you couldn't just use one for the with the bullets and then one with the blanks yeah it makes sense it's like okay we're not doing that like okay if you have one that's gonna have the powderless bullets it has to go on this table. The one that she's firing the blanks goes on this table, and you don't cross the two. <laughs> but in any case, um, I also want to talk about the two different versions of this movie that almost happened. The first being Michael Jackson's oh, yeah. The Crow. Oh, boy. So uh, Michael Jackson was a big fan of The Crow, bought the comics, and he's like, I want to be in a Crow movie. So he started shopping the idea around, and the studio was real excited about it. And the original plan was... Michael Jackson was to do a musical version of The Crow where he played The Crow and went on the revenge spree and did his little Michael Jackson voice and (laughs) did his (laughs) Michael Jackson songs as a musical. As as terrible as this uh, (laughs) multiverse branch we're on is, at least we didn't have to endure that too. I don't know. It seems pretty great. It'd be funny. I, I kind of want to see that. It's like it was like a pseudo unofficial, you know, like not not a sequel, but in a similar vein to Michael Jackson's Moonwalker was the idea. Okay. Um, yeah. The other thing mm-hmm. was Christian Slater was up for the role originally of the Crow and mm. ended up deciding against it for some reason last minute, and uh, he he ended up like getting some more minor roles and just just kind of going back and forth and his his next bigger thing was probably interview with the vampire oh uh, okay i was just gonna say he chose to do tales from the dark side instead <laughs> yeah who knows i think tales from the dark side did they come out before? slightly earlier than it probably this? was so so it's, it's a lot of stuff that happened because of all of this incident it's very very strange but yeah we didn't get michael jackson's the crow so so, yeah. did they end up using the scene where he was actually killed? No. no. Not at all. So, the I footage... think that's why they do the one where it's, you can't see him, right? Yeah. But they, they also destroyed the footage. The director destroyed the footage. So, if anyone ever says, hey, I saw this, they didn't They're just see lying. that. Okay. that it's, it's never been around since right after it was filmed. So, I imagine it was filmed, they found out he was actually shot and died, and the director's like, all right, get rid of that film forever. Yeah, Yeah. he basically got rid of it because of what happened on Twilight Zone, the movie. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. I definitely uh, believe that. But in any case, let's talk about the actual movie, because that's what I am here to talk about. (laughs) Man, you want to know the worst part watching this? Man, we lost a treasure with Brandon Lee, because him in this role was so great. Well, we we talked about he is the best Joker that we have ever seen. Yeah, he's the best Joker. Um, he, 
is such a standout in this movie. Like, can you imagine the crow without Brandon Lee? No. I can imagine it with Michael Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, we're 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 gonna get Eric Draven as Bill Skarsgård not too long. Uh, oh, are they doing yeah. that? Yeah. Pennywise the dancing crow. Yep. Okay. <laughs> now he has demon alien clown powers in addition to crow powers. Well, luckily we didn't get the version with Jason Momoa. So oh, I didn't know that was exited the project in 2018. I didn't know they were trying to do another crow. Yeah. Rob Zombie also tried to make a crow movie. There are four crow movies. Oh. They say now Rob Zombie with the crow. I could see that. I could see that happening. Uh, it might get weird. So his version of the crow is in the future in space where like the crow this guy comes back as the crow for vengeance and then the other people that like did the murdering or whatever were like off somewhere deep in space so he just lives like 25 years as a crow with crow powers being like a space mercenary huh okay i don't know crows in space okay never mind i take back the rob zombie <laughs> yeah i don't okay, know rob either. zombie is the guy that decided no put it in space he got inspired by the leprechaun and i guess god sounds like it yeah well talk let me just just this movie as it is, Rob Zombie just doing his version of this, I would see. <laughs> yep, we'll, we'll talk about the the Crow City of Angels, which is the second one when we do that episode. But the third one is like, this guy is accused of murdering his girlfriend and then executed. And then he like comes back to life and then has a relationship with Kirsten Dunst or something. And like, I don't know, it's it's a terrible Interesting. movie. It, <laughs> He's he's going around just killing every person he meets. It's not a very good movie, but the fourth one is so bad, it's <laughs> unbelievable. And it's not the outer yeah. space one. No, it takes place in, like, I don't know, like Arizona or something. Like Edward Furlong is the crow. Oh, okay. It's bad. David Boreanaz is like the, the main bad guy. <laughs> Oh. Uh, so, as for crow lore, it's okay for the crow to be a different person. Yep. Basically, the crow creature, he just just comes down. Hey, you want revenge? All right, let's uh, give you crow powers, bring you back to life. <laughs> the crow works like a lantern ring. Drink some fight. I, I want to know more about the entity the that <laughs> is the crow, like the raven itself. <laughs> well, the comics explain that a lot better, but that's. You know, I think it's probably good that they didn't, because I think if the movie was anything like the comic or more like the comic, it would not be the sensation that it is now. Okay. Because, like, if Eric DeRaven was not a rock musician, instead <laughs> he was just a mechanic. Yeah. I don't think it would have pulled, like... Would, would not have been as uh, endearing to the character. Yeah, I the comic itself right here, this uh it's much much darker and a lot less sweet. Okay. It is it is vile and practically everyone in it is vile and the Sarah character is some little girl named Sherry that like is barely in the story. Mm, okay. It's it is weird and messed up. We'll just All right. That. Anyway, so um, so the story, we'll have to talk about it more briefly now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you, you got to 
you got the whole Devil's Night thing. What did you think of this weird October 30th pre-Halloween Halloween thing that they do in Detroit, just, I guess? You I just uh, start fires. Yeah, it's like, are we watching start the fires? Birds I mean, you do, get we- I don't know. you do get eventual clarification at the very end. But yeah, at the beginning, yeah. you're like, why did they just decide, like, uh, October 30th? That seems like a good night for arson. Yeah, all right, October 30th, because it's before Halloween, so people don't expect it. I, I don't know. I guess. <laughs> it's, it's weird, man. But the the cast, do you, do you guys like uh, T-Bird's crew? Hmm. Oh, jeez. Uh, um, <laughs> I was trying to think who everyone was. There was Tintin, he's the first Tintin, one. Tintin, T-Bird. Uh, what was that guy's name? The- Fun Boy. Well, fun boy, and then the last one. Skink. Skink. That was There we it. go. Yeah. And the first one was the only one they gave a gimmick to, and then everyone else was just like another punk. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't well, know. Well, to I be fair, T-Bird have... does have that T-Bird that he drives. Yeah. yeah. T-Bird's well, T-Bird. All of them have like some kind of extreme personality. Fun yeah. boy likes to have fun. Yeah, he's <laughs> a... He's a massive drug addict yeah, just, just heroin and having sex hookers. with like sarah's mom and stuff at mm-hmm. this bar that he lives at he's always wearing this weird happy face shirt and stuff yeah he's you know constantly stoned skank is i don't know he's got something going just on gross yeah he's know. gross weird i just i'm like, oh, I like he's like mentally not all there redneck american like way John too Snow, that's attached what I to t-bird because yeah. Like when, during bird. during the big car chase, he's like Determined, desperate yeah. to catch up to him. Yeah, and Tintin is like the Riviera kid. Yep, the Riviera. Kid. He's got knives. Or no, so, uh, or was that Brett Riverboat? Oh yeah, Brett Riverboat is the knife man. So <laughs> yeah, I think the Riviera one. kid was just good with pistols. Oh, he was good with pistols. <laughs> but yeah, he was good with knives. The other ones were just like. Drug addict gangsters. <laughs> yeah, drug addict. Tintin had a special skill, and the guy with the car. Guy with car. Yeah, <laughs> that was his special power. As he had a car. Yeah. Now, to be fair, it had that enormous supercharger on it, so I imagine that was not a uh, slow car. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty crazy looking, but you know, for the most part, the story is just like you know, these people are killed a year later. Eric wakes up. This Eric Raven dude. He just wakes up, ah, oh, I guess I'm going to kill him. Yeah, there's this cop running around, you know, Ernie Hudson. Yep, yep. good old Ernie Hudson. The, cop, the cops, i.e. Ernie Hudson, are yeah. way more uh, important in this one than yeah. her previous movie. Although they serve the exact same role for the plot. Well, yeah. They're both people, like, both sets of cops are investigating murders revolving around these mystical immortals. Yeah. (laughs) It's pretty weird. (laughs) But Ernie Hudson actually does things. That is true. Like, the most anyone does anything in Highlander is just Brenda, and the only reason is because she wants to know about a sword. Yeah. Yeah. Like, she investigates a sword, bangs... Christopher Lambert and then gets Princess Peached. Like, that's the only things that happened to her in that movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pretty much. But uh, what did you think of the soundtrack, by the way? Oh, it's another movie that just bleeds the 90s. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we've got the soundtrack in order now. Uh, right. You've got uh, 
The Cure, Machines of Loving Grace, Stone Temple Pilots, Nine Inch Nails, Rage Against the Machine, Violent Femmes, Roland's Band, Helmet, Pantera, For Love Not Lisa, My Life with the Thrill Kill Cult, Jesus and Mary Chain, and Medicine. It's like, these bands are 1994 as hell. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like, it's the most 90s album (laughs) ever made. Pretty much. Oh, man. Did you, I know you didn't get to hear Ghost Rider by Roland's band very well. It was playing very quietly in the background. But Yeah. That's that's a weird one. That's a weird one to have on the soundtrack. It's, I always thought it was weird they never used it for Ghost Rider the movie. But I think it's because, you know, Roland's band, they're not singing about leather jackets. <laughs> oh, okay. That's fair. Because they decided to go to the leather jacket motif for Ghost Rider, but that's he's talking about old Ghost Rider, so he's just screaming, He's riding around in a blue jumpsuit! Yeah! It's just like, <laughs> it's so weird. I'm unfamiliar with this song, but it sounds like it's actually about Ghost Rider. It is. It's actually about <laughs> Ghost Rider riding around with his head on fire. Okay. Nice. <laughs> it's so weird. Maybe they reduced the song because the Skull Cowboy wasn't in it as much. Maybe. And he was their ghostwriter proxy. I don't know. Rollins Band was big at the time. But, oh yes, we've got we've got a movie. So we've got Joe Polito. He's, he's a, you know, Gideon, the pawn shop owner this time, mm-hmm. instead yep. of a policeman. So I guess he quit retired, the force, became yeah. a sleazy retired, pawn shop owner. Moved to Detroit. <laughs> Used all of his uh, criminal contacts to open a sleazy pawn shop. Yeah. It's interesting. We'll talk we'll talk about the murders of the bad dudes, Tin Tin. Yeah, first I, of all. I was weird I forgot about that weird scene after he comes back and he like re goes through everything leading up to his yeah. death. That's the thing I remember from this movie every time is him <laughs> just putting on the stupid makeup to the cure song. <laughs> well yeah, but the, less that, more like him like going into the room and he has his like on the ground reenacting yeah. being shot the the scene you were talking about where he like runs toward the to window jump out the window he's gonna like grabs it but grabs yeah. it so he doesn't fall oh, out yeah. jumps back that's down that's right and, like, I went out the window the pose thing and then the cure music plays yep. yeah that's I, the... I guess you could say it's to show he has like super regeneration cause he like cuts his hands up and looks at them and we watch them heal immediately mm-hmm. Yep, he has Wolverine powers, super agility, the ability to reach out with the quickening in order to remember past events through different perspectives. Yep. Yeah. And I guess later he can manifest other people's pain from the past to murder someone else. I don't know how that works. Crows apparently have a lot more powers than we give them credit for. It's the power of a crow. If you drink enough fight Fight milk, milk, yeah, you can do that too. Dude had so much fight milk. People are going to be so confused about what (laughs) Paul and I are talking about. I will know. It it seems like uh, the the crow's power is only limited by his imagination, not unlike the Highlander's prize. <laughs> yep, it's just just unlimited, phenomenal cosmic power. Well, we decided, you know, it seems like he probably is the only immortal on the planet at the time, so his prize that he automatically gets for being the only one is the powers of a crow. Yeah, <laughs> movie is so damn angsty too. Just, oh yeah, like it is so. 
angsty, hot topicy '90s goth industrial thing. Oh yeah, it's like nothing but that in this movie. And I guess I don't know, hot dogs. It would be fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There, there are hot there dogs. There's a hot dog scene or two. Where <laughs> yeah. where we discuss where we are taught by Ernie Hudson the proper way to prepare a hot dog. Yes, you got to put the mustard underneath. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are, what do you guys eat? How do you eat your hot dogs? With sauerkraut. With sauerkraut. That's the best way. I just put everything on it. It's a giant mess, but a giant <laughs> mess. Okay. My my preferred hot dog options are you know mustard underneath. Oh yeah. Yeah. Hot dog, of course. Sauerkraut. That's it. That's all you need. A lot so of sauerkraut, idea. but you that know, sounds yeah, really I like good. sauerkraut. Yeah. Oh, Heck yeah. Man, freaking love sauerkraut. <laughs> it's the best topping. So. it sounds so good right now Uh, so should we talk about the proper ways to murder people (laughs) oh yeah so so you got he murders i love the gang. before we get that i love their gang meeting at the bar where they do the what oh what is it they they oh they keep saying fire it up fire it up while they swallow while they yeah take bullets and eat them and then take a shot of whiskey i guess yeah Gotta, I gotta mention that T-Bird is Jerry Horn, so... Mm-hmm. It's, it's so good to see Jerry Horn. He, he, you know, one thing that can be said about this movie is absolutely filled to the brim with character actors. It's ridiculous. Yeah, if people haven't watched Twin Peaks, the, the Finger Bottles guy from The Warriors, right? Yep, yep. Finger Bottles. I don't know his actual character's name. I think he's in some movie where like kevin spacey is like a space alien at a mental institution i can't remember what that movie's called i saw that one he i mean he's in a lot of stuff david patrick kelly so but and you got tony todd as the secretary what is he he's just like yeah he's like a the second in command sort of thing to the main villain yeah he does just sort of like go around and do yeah yeah secretarial type it is so weird it really is secretary slash personal hitman yeah slash miscellaneous i guess (laughs) yep miscellaneous and everyone needs some miscellaneous tasks to do and yeah top dollar is michael wincott as well so yeah he's he's beyond famous actually he's in stuff all the time still like he's He's got a very iconic Well, I was about voice. to say, to be fair, the voice that he has, like, yeah, you'd want to cast him in everything just to give him speaking lines. I know. <laughs> what, what do you think about Michael Wincott or Clancy Brown, who's who's more cool? Well, there can only be one, so. The only one. Uh, go with Mr. Krabs, I suppose. Uh, that, that's a tricky one, because, ooh, both of them are great. They both have such character, and they both have that voice, and I don't know. Yeah. It's pretty good. Clancy Brown for me. Yeah, I was Clancy gonna say Brown. this guy. I think I might have to give it. Top to Dollar Clancy doesn't Brown. go as nuts as Clancy Brown did in Highlander. Yeah. yeah, but he does have his moments. He like takes the eyes from that girl that he has like a threesome with with his half with his half sister that they killed her. Oh, looks sex. like we. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a weird dynamic. And apparently, his his sister is like a witch a witch or an occultist or something i don't yeah. know because she stabs kn- gideon with like a an immortal sword like a mon sword for some reason yep <laughs> it's worth about a million bucks exactly <laughs> that's what happened to the sword 
Yes. Yeah, they got a hold of it eventually. Do you like the thing he where... He stole it from evidence. Uh, <laughs> sold it to this guy. Where Eric bursts into uh, Gideon's pawn shop and steals the ring back. Oh, yes, I did. It's a pretty wild that scene. That is a crazy scene. It is. and This is, I think, the first really crazy Brandon Lee Crow moment in it. Because before then, he takes on Tintin. Yes. Just kind of like dodges his throwing knives. <laughs> yeah, laughs and stuff. Yeah, but this is the time where you get to actually see, like, crazy crow tearing yeah. up the shop and everything. <laughs> like, pinning his Quoting hand to... the raven. Yep. This is the moment where you're just like, yeah, he's the Joker. Yep. Oh, yeah. He's so much the Joker, it's weird. Oh, yeah, he, like, goes in there, breaks, like, the display case, grabs a knife, nail <laughs> nails his hand to the counter so he can't run away. Yeah. And then starts tearing the pawn shop apart. Where are the rings? Am I warmer? And yeah. the guy's screaming for him, you son of a bitch, let me go. I don't think you know how this game works. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, very Joker. And he uses his crow powers to find the ring, because he yeah. can... He crow touches vision. it and oh, yeah, senses he, it with crow vision. Yeah, he opens the box of rings and has to, like, close his eyes and touch them to reach out with his crow powers. This is one of the things I do not think works in the film, is the like, crow, sight? crow vision stuff, <laughs> where he, like, sees I can get him seen through the eyes of it. I don't know why the crow would, like, touch things and know the history of them. Especially because during this scene... Like, he bought the ring for his fiance. You'd think he'd have an idea of what it looked like, and it'd just be him like, oh, there it is. Yep. Yeah. Rather than having sense. to use crow powers to find it. I guess it's yeah. like the emotional connection, because it's the ring he picked out that he gave to her, and it has that. Because he was also seeing things through her eyes, even though that shouldn't have been the case either. Yeah. Yeah. But crow powers. Yep. That's yep, true. Crow powers. That's how it works. Uh, yeah, that was interesting. I do, and then, again, going to, like, full Joker mode, like, he finds the ring, and then takes, like, and knocks over the gasoline containers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Goes up to threaten fills, Gideon. <laughs> fills Gideon's shop with, like, gasoline and pours rings into like, the shot. Kill yeah, me! No, you're gonna tell all of them that death is coming tonight. Yeah, it's pretty wild. This scene always reminds me of, uh... The good, the bad, and the ugly. Does that surprise you? Not at all. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I do like he throws, like, a bunch of the rings that have all been pawned into the shotgun. Then yeah. he's leaving. Does it smell like gasoline in here? Well, there's there's a thing like that where, uh, in The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, where Truco breaks into this general store and just yeah. forces this guy to sell him a gun and, like, steals his alcohol and all this well, okay, stuff. Okay, to be fair, it's during that wild. scene, he doesn't... Doesn't force him to sell him a gun. He tells him which pieces of the gun he wants to put together to then rob the guy yep. with the gun he just built. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> which is such a fantastic scene. Yeah, but it's equally like terrifying for the shop oh, yeah. owner. It's like this maniac this crazy guy comes demands in demands a bunch guns? of stuff. Like, yeah. Wrecks right, up this the one, place. he like takes the if I remember correctly, he, like takes it apart and he's like, Alright, give me uh give me that that piece there. Yep, he okay. puts a bunch of guns out, takes little pieces out, puts up, puts together a new gun. There you go. <laughs> He's like, do you have bullets? Yeah, he gives him the bullets. 
cool, loads the gun and holds the guy up for the gun and then yep. robs him. Man, that owner is stupid. So yeah, If you're going to show someone a gun, don't show them bullets, too. <laughs> yeah. So you got a lot of stuff going on. you got the pawn shop exploding. Oh, yeah. It smells like gasoline. Yep. And then he shoots, shoots the ground. The it blows up. He meets Ernie Hudson. And then, uh, yeah, the Gideon gets blown to safety out the back door. Blown to but, safety. But, but his legs are on fire. Yeah. <laughs> but he, he meets Ernie Hudson. Mm-hmm. And uh, Arnie Hudson is confused about what's going on because he know because the crow obviously knows who he is. Yeah, it's it's an interesting. He's thing. like, what? He's like, if you move, I'll shoot you. And he's just kind of like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but then the place is getting robbed, so he Ernie Hudson gets distracted by the looting of the on fire pawn shop and. Brandon Lee's able to vanish into the night as a crow would. Yeah, crow powers. Yeah, <laughs> vanish into the night like a crow, where he meets Sarah. Yep. Um, she asks him if he's like a clown person or something, and he quotes his own song. Can't rain every day. Yeah, it can't rain all the time. Is what yeah, the, that's the it. line is. And she's like, what? Eric? She mm. actually remembered. She's the only person that will remember Eric. As a musician. <laughs> yeah. And how do you like Ernie Hudson investigating the crow? He just like demands all this stuff from some year ago case. And then he like starts drawing on it. Yeah, he starts yeah, drawing on drawing the on case the... file. Uh, like, I wonder what he would look like in that I makeup. put makeup on him. Yeah, I like that girl. It's like, they're... <laughs> you're going to be busted down to crosswalk guard. Yeah. Now, to be fair, she did get the files for him, and then he immediately starts drawing on them. Yep. Just take this permanent marker, just start drawing makeup <laughs> on this guy. <laughs> From her perspective, it's just uh, doodling on evidence. Like, yeah. What the hell are you doing, man? Yeah. <laughs> and then we got the scene with Fun Boy. Fun Boy getting high with Darla. Oh, yeah. Yep, who's uh, the little girl's mom. Yep. And yeah, this scene's pretty interesting. And again, it's more like Brandon Lee being the best Joker because he just walks in while Fun Boy and the mom are like about to. They've just shot up with heroin and are gonna get at it, and he just shows up. Be like, "Hi, yeah. how are you?" Did you know that Willem Dafoe was once like considered for the joker oh that would have been cool yeah. that would have been really good yeah. <laughs> i think he could have done it. he's got the crazy yeah yeah he's the perfect casting actually not too late like yeah. let's do a later era batman old will yeah, to be fair joker. we got oh he would be Dark great got jared leto starring so. uh willem dafoe yeah yeah <laughs> sounds yes. pretty good <laughs> i want old batman versus old joker yeah, yeah. that was a uh, that was almost a thing um that would have been cool they were very tempted to do a Dark Knight Returns adaptation before we got Tim Burton's Batman, but with Clint Eastwood as Batman. Hmm. Interesting. Yep. I like that, too. I'd watch that. Yeah. Of course, that was after they just they ultimately decided not to make the Bill Murray, Eddie Murphy Batman films. So. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Yeah, movies, okay. are, movies are weird. So anyway, you got 
got all that crazy stuff going on with Fun Boy and Darla. I this is an interesting scene. Well, just because he goats Fun Boy into and like, like shooting him through the he, hand, right? Yeah, he pulls yeah. up his magnum and he puts up his hand to it. He's like, "Go ahead, shoot." Yep, and then he like looks through looks his through his own hand, hand at Fun Boy, giggly, yeah. maniacally. Yeah, <laughs> interesting stuff. And then it heals up. And then he tells a joke that Paul was like, "What the hell?" People tell that joke a lot. Yep, it must be from this movie. Oh yeah, because. <laughs> In high school, kids thought that it was such a funny joke. They're like, oh, Jesus walks into a... Was it like a he walks hotel in, or something? into yeah. an inn. With three nails. So can you put me up for, for the, the night? night? Oh, and like, yep. kids in high school like would say that. And it, it feels like they were trying to claim <laughs> that it was their own joke. But they, <laughs> yeah. they clearly stole it from this movie. I don't yep. think they even knew what that joke meant. Maybe. Well, it's, yeah. it's in here, too. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Five years prior to that, so... There you go. So I'd say, I'm pretty sure that's an old joke. <laughs> oh, I know. But the kids from high school didn't make it up. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm saying they're laughing because they're referencing the crow and think that it's funny. But I don't think that they even had an idea of what the joke meant. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. We, edgy did, teens. we did go to a very religious area. Yeah, so. but there were uh, certainly okay. edgy teens. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Edgy teens talking about, you know, stuff like that. Talking get, about the crow. Who get to blast yeah. Listening to their Marilyn Manson. Yep. yep. Nobody does that anymore. Eating at Marilyn Monsters also. Yeah, Pizzeria. Marilyn Monsters Pizzeria. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, no one's going to understand you ever. <laughs> Paul makes references that he and Dustin <laughs> I don't I, think Dustin will know that one. Me. I get it. <laughs> okay. I don't. Mr. I don't Show. Know. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. So, guys, check out Mr. Show. So, two-person uh, joke, that. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah, I like the whole... I like this scene a lot, but one of the best parts is um, he, like, he shoots a fun boy in the legs, and he's bleeding. He's like, look what you've done to my, my sheets. sheets. Oh, yeah. So good. And he, 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 we find another crow power when he takes Shelly's mom or Cheryl. I can't remember. Sarah's Sarah? mom. Sarah. Darla is the mom. <laughs> yeah, Darla is her. And like forces the heroin out of her veins. Yeah. Yeah. Just by like squeezing her arm. He doesn't suck it out or anything. Yeah. Yep. And he says, like Mother is the name for God on the lips and hearts of all children. Do you understand? That's oh, yeah, he says that heroin is bad for you. Yep. As he like forces it out of her veins. Oh, actually, I think it's morphine. He says morphine. He does oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that might be it. Makes sense. I yeah. mean, if, if you're going to abuse a drug, morphine is the choice. I assure you of that. So <laughs> um, so he he does that and then he like pulls fun boy into the shower. Yeah, yeah to, pretty interesting. To wake him up, I'm guessing. Because he throws yeah. him in the tub and turns the cold water on. <laughs> then he starts, like, injecting him a bunch. There's actually a cut scene here where Fun Boy wakes up and starts attacking him with a straight razor. And then he, like, stabs him a bunch of times. Okay, because, yeah, I was going to say, later you see his body after he's dead, Fun Boy. But... Yeah. With, like, a half dozen... Bunch of needles in his Needles heart. in his heart. <laughs> yeah, pretty interesting stuff. Um, so, that that scene is pretty cool. Then we have... Oh, yeah, the, the enforcer guy comes up to look at him. They're like, to look, and Brandon leaves there, and he just, like, 
Like, you know, finger to the lips. Shh. Yeah. And oh, he, he like winks at, at him, right? Yeah, and then he Because he brings it up later. Like, he winked at me. Yep. <laughs> he winked at you? Yep. Musicians. Yeah. <laughs> um, Gideon getting drunk, talking to Tony Todd. Interesting <laughs> stuff. We do find out that uh, the, the main villain has a closet of immortal weapons. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Lots of swords. From various yeah, various just... time periods, which are all apparently real, because he kills Gideon, and later we see Brandon Lee kill someone with one. That is true. He does steal a katana and just start going nuts. Oh, it would have been cool if they actually would have put like the handle from the Highland yeah. katana on Authentic that. Masamune. <laughs> Chikiko. Yeah. Um then there's the whole Ernie Hudson explaining what happened to Shelley in, you know... In his house, his apartment? Yeah. yeah. And, with and then Brandon Lee just touches him and learns, like, can absorb all 30 hours of yeah. him watching her die, basically. Yep. Saves it for later. Yep. I guess it's weird because he observes, you know, Ernie Hudson... Getting like watching Shelly die, but somehow was able to steal Shelly's pain through the memory of Ernie Hudson. Yeah, I guess just one crow of those powers. crow powers. It's a crow power. Was the yeah. crow ever on the X Men team, or is that no? But <laughs> that's I mean, because... he has Wolverine powers. He has telepathy. Has... Yeah, well, I think it's because the crow <laughs> is such a limited person. He can't. Uh, he can only be the crow for so long, and once he's obtained mm. his goal, that's it. You know. Yeah. So I don't know how good he would be on the X-Men. X-Men for a day. If yeah. anything, the Crow would probably be a problem for the X-Men because he would just want to seek his revenge and would probably take it out on Professor X if <laughs> he were trying to stop him. Yeah. So anyway, we've got uh, got all the killing Gideon stuff. And then uh, you've got that thing where T-Bird and Skank are like the only two guys yeah. left. Yeah, exactly. the only when they're like fire it up, fire things. it up, fire it up. It's like, so okay. Go in the two of us. I do like because Tebert's like okay, go in there. Why smokes road beers <laughs> and road beers? Road Come beers. on, be quick. And then he goes in there, starts ripping open potato chips. Yeah, potato he's just chips. eating potato chips and grabbing shit. He's an absolute monster. And then <laughs> you know, meanwhile in Tebert's Tebert. Yep. The crow just sort of appears behind him and takes him for a ride, and then Skink has to chase him and all that stuff. Yeah. Gets hit by a car. <laughs> yeah, like immediately. And then yeah. steals the guy's car, because he's a dedicated lackey. Yeah, and the police start chasing them, and the only reason the police don't catch up with the T-Bird is <laughs> because... because Skink gets in the way <laughs> and gets crashed into by the police. Yeah. Yes. And then he keeps trying. He still yeah. tries to get there because we do get a pretty cool death scene here, though, with yeah T Bird and a trunk full of explosives. It's He's strapped cool. to the seat. Yeah, he finally recognizes Eric. Yeah, because he starts talking about the stuff. He's like, "No, you're no, you're you don't, him. You don't come back from that." Yeah, and. It's pretty interesting. He also starts quoting the Bible, which he he did in the flashbacks. He when he was oh yeah, him and his crew were like raping and murdering Shelley and um, Eric. He quotes this line: "Avast the devil stood and 
saw how awful goodness is or something like yeah. that. Mm. Yeah. Anyway. He can <laughs> so, wax poetic. Yeah. Anyway. So, yeah. Old Eric uh, ties the gas pedal down, throws a thermite grenade into T-Bird's crotch, and then lets the car drive off and explode. Yep. It's pretty awesome. Skank I, is very upset. Mm. Oh, yeah. Skank is devastated. The love of his life has died tragically. Yeah. It's the yes. end of Jerry Horn. I'm not going to lie. A really cool way they could have done this, which I'm I'm a little bit saddened by, is... I mean, it'd suck for the, the car, but it dies anyway. Like, if you had immortal powers, it would have been great to just, like, have him accelerate to an extreme speed and then just smash, like, into a wall. Yeah, just straight into a wall. Like, well, Blam! He's not as much of a nihilist as, uh, you as know, the as Kurgan. the Kurgan, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, but... Uh, now, he kills for revenge. The Kurgan kills for fun. Yep. He yeah. just does whatever the hell he yeah. wants. Yeah, all the Kurgan time. just does whatever. <laughs> oh, we, we haven't even mentioned uh, the whole thing about Gabriel. So there's a white cat. cat. Yeah. Yep. When he goes back to the apartment, Gabriel, the best character in the movie... Such a good cat. Stayed there the entire time. <laughs> Stays yeah. there for a full year, waiting. So fluffy. Yeah, yes. he's very fluffy, but apparently, yeah, it seemed like it was a, was the whole building, like, condemned or just that area? I think the whole building was. Okay, so I the cat would have had its fill of whatever mice were living there, so. Yeah, because yeah. at the very. He was eating well. Yeah, because at the very end, they kind of say they, that's their business thing is they just kind of, like, go and condemn or burn down buildings. Yeah. And then question mark, and then profit. I think they're we, probably doing it in on the cheap for the city. That could be. And then they get, like, some kind of commission. That makes sense. It could even be one of those where, you know, they buy these old buildings and then just, you know, screw. have a bunch of thugs burn it down and... Screw the tenants over. That's yeah. why they attacked Shelly, right? Because she didn't. She didn't want. She to didn't yeah, because they were they were all given eviction notices yeah. from the building, and she didn't. She decided to fight against it. Yeah, it is pretty crazy. So Sarah goes and she tries to talk to uh, Crow Man, and <laughs> yeah, they hug and stuff. We and learned another Crow power is you can adjust uh, sources of lighting. Yep, that was so weird. He cast spotlight. Yeah, I know. Maybe, or his crow minions were blocking the light out until the right moment, and they all flew away so the light would shine on him. <laughs> Just <to laughs> for dramatic sure, effect. Yeah, make sure it was dramatic. <laughs> There's a lot of moments where everything's just like so overly dramatic. Oh, in yeah. It's like it is. It is so hot topic. The movie. <laughs> there, there's nothing more goth or hot topic than being that dramatic. Yep. Well, and especially because like her line is "I thought you cared," and then it's him like. Posing oh, in care. the window with the backlight. I do care. Yep. <laughs> That's the most emo like, thing uh, I've ever heard. It's the most emo thing ever. It's it's hot topic the movie. Like ev yeah, every emo kid from the nineties, like yes, he gets me. <laughs> yeah, this is the greatest. This thing This is the ever. greatest film that has ever been made. So, um, so we've got Ernie and Sarah talking about Eric and how they realized that was that. Oh, well, yeah, that see, is him. Then you see my life with the Thrill Kill Cult. So cool. So, is that one of the bands playing in the... Yeah. Okay. They're the band that's playing that industrial song, After the Flesh. 
that they seemingly oh, yeah. play more than once because it plays throughout this next entire <laughs> John Woo scene. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. This was always this was so weird to me during this scene. I, maybe it was it wasn't as striking before, but it's like all of these guys they're gonna be going out committing arsons, but they have this big business table where it's like okay they're loading guns. There's also like random stacks of money. Yeah. <laughs> like do you do you bring money for your arsoning? You I do, guess huh? I guess you gotta buy gas at the some gangster point. Gangster status symbol stuff. Like all right. Oh, let me pull out my guns and my money. Yep. See how good of a gangster I am. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> well, maybe maybe Top Dollar is just paying them to go do Devil's Night stuff. Yeah, that could be. Because you got that we one do. guy who's like, so you don't want us to do Light My Fire time for the whole town? He's like, no, I want you to do it like even crazier than before. Basically. Yeah, because Devil's Night has become too commercialized. You know what they got now? Devil's Night like greeting cards. cards. Ain't that sweet. So they <laughs> so gotta make it more crazy. Now it's just about chaos and violence and death rather than all of that stuff plus money. So yep. less money, more chaos and anarchy. <laughs> so anyway, uh, the crow bursts in and then a John Woo movie happens. <laughs> oh yeah. Yep. This is the best scene. Just all the gunfire and things flying things around. Blowing up and, and people getting yeah. loitered. Yeah. It was funny just thinking, like, if the Joker had tried something like that in The Dark Knight. I know it's a similar scene, but he's like, I have bombs, so don't shoot me. But if they all just immediately shot him, yeah, like, they just kill Heath Ledger like 20 minutes into the movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Well, but no, this Joker sweet. gets back up. Yep. Yeah, they, the they attack him. Up. I do like that. That must have hurt line from Top yeah. Dollar. But then, nope, he gets up and then John Woo happens and... He, he jump, jumps up, dual-wielding his pistols, taking on all the people. Grabbing a katana. Yep. Yeah. Taking out people with a katana. True weapon of an immortal. Kills pretty much everyone except Top Dollar and Skank. And Tony Todd, who I don't think is there. Yeah, he's not. But anyway, pretty pretty cool. Cool stuff. Police come and then he dances away. Oh, that was, that oh, was yeah. actually really funny. <laughs> the cops will go, all right. You move, we're gonna shoot. And then he does this like, like side a hop, <laughs> side hop thing, waving his hands. Da, da, da. Yeah, like this cartoonish <laughs> and then, jig. And then the cops are like, "Damn it!" And they just shoot. Damn it! They fight. Yeah, and they chase him down. It usually works. Running on the rooftops and all that stuff, and then gets shot a couple times. Falls down to Ernie Hudson's car, where he drives him away. Well, he drives him like three blocks away. And then he jumps out of the car now that he's healed up again. Yep, and Ernie Hudson says, uh, so many cops around here, you'd think they were giving away donuts. <laughs> there you go. So then, uh, you know, Eric meets Sarah, gives her the ring that he stole from Gideon after Gideon. Stole back. Yeah, I wonder how much like that, that must have not given Tintin or whoever very much money, because it's not an expensive ring. No. Yeah. It's like. You know, Tintin tin takes it in. I don't know, two dollars. Well, yeah. I'd say like even if it was gold, there's like a diamond in it that's like a four micron sized diamond. Like you can't see it with the naked eye. Yep. I think he would just 
take anything off of their victims and try to pawn it because like he had a purse covered in blood and he's Uh, just like he gave him 50 bucks for it yeah yeah it was like jewelry in it or something i don't know (laughs) it's It's one of those like he's just the fence for these thugs so two dollars take it or leave it okay yeah where else are you gonna go yeah okay you cheap ass chrome dome child molesting sacrifice motherfucker <laughs> yeah see you next time all right see you all right see you lock up on the way out lock up on your way out. oh i'll lock up real good massive just does that every time he's in there yeah because yes, yeah, well, the thing that's funny is time. then like he leaves and he actually does like lock the gate <laughs> <Yeah>. and everything <laughs> so anyway so the, the, that whole thing happens sarah gets the ring and then she promptly gets kidnapped by tony todd well because she was hanging out in the graveyard at night and he's there she's like oh you're gonna tell me it's too dangerous to be here he's like safest place you can be yeah yeah everyone's already dead apparently it's not that safe yeah because she got yeah like you said <laughs> just immediately kidnapped so, We've also found out that the crow is the key to the power yeah we learned through exposition from biling that like you know the crow had the crow it's powers ling- come from the crow. Yeah, yeah. it's just her shot it's... in the dark. Dark theory that happened to be right. No, she was yeah. mystical. They were like burning eyeballs and stuff, so she knew. Yeah, but she's she mystic lady. Yeah, mystic lady, and uh, yeah, his crow familiar. That's where he keeps his powers. You know, during this whole thing, I'm like, I'm surprised she didn't like kidnap witchcraft. the crow and like steal the crow's eyes. In X-Men, if they only knew that you had to kill Wolverine's Wolverine. You just take his <laughs> eyes. He's like a little Wolverine following he always Wolverine. Has a Wolverine. <laughs> no, he keeps it very safe. Nobody that knows about great. it. That's great. Uh, <laughs> be a better comic. <laughs> Wolverine's Wolverine. So they, they shoot and injure the crow, which makes uh, Brandon Lee's character, Eric DeRaven, um, no longer just, immortal. Just love the animosity you say that name with. It's such a dumb raven. It's such a like dumb it is bad. He's the raven. Like, yeah, raven. Every He's time you say it, Rodney, it just it sounds like you were Man. personally insulted by them naming this character. It's perfectly fine. Eric, that guy's the raven. I tell you, that guy's the, the raven. raven. <laughs> no, it's not. The Raven. That Amanda girl from the Highlander TV show is The Raven. <laughs> so anyway. Yeah, apparently if the crow is injured, then he can be injured. He still yeah. has all his other crow powers, apparently, plus some ones that we haven't seen yet. Yeah, so um so we've got Top Dollar shooting him, and then like it injures Eric, and then Ernie Hudson appears and has a shootout. A smaller John Woo scene. Yeah, but it's cool that Ernie Hudson gets to do so much stuff in this oh, movie. Yeah. Okay, the one thing that threw me off that I do not remember, he so he comes in and he's doing, you know, the Hollywood two-gun thing. Yeah. He has, in one of his hands, he has this revolver, but the size of the cylinder on this thing is fucking monstrous it's twice the size of the gun oh that was a flare gun wasn't it yeah okay shooting a flare okay i was like did he have like hellboy's gun or something well that's (laughs) like looking at him like is he shooting missiles i didn't see any flares though he fired a flare first it would caught the the drapes on fire oh okay he only ever fires like two flares during the scene but you know (sighs) that was 
Yeah, like, I'm like, are you shooting small rockets? <laughs> yeah, much like John Woo movies, he has a revolver that he shoots, like, 12 38 shots times, so, yeah. yeah. So anyway, then the he finally gets to Eric. He's like, hey, I thought you were immortal. He's like, I was, I'm not anymore, because apparently that's what happens. Well, mm-hmm. I love it because his plan was, with him being immortal, he's like, okay, you go first and take all the bullets, I'll follow, and, and then help. arrest him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you're partnered with a human shield. Yeah. Because, like, a, yeah, a truly sponge. immortal human shield. Just like, I mean, it's kind of your thing, man. Like, you can't be killed by the bullet. And then Bai Ling steals the crow and she's going to kill it. But then it, like, jumps up and pecks her she's eyes like, out. She's, like, thinks she's going to get its powers, though, too. She's like, ah. Yep. Well, because she has the crow. That means she is yeah. holding his powers. Now the fight milk is mine. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it's a pretty great one. When the crow takes them, the actual crow, the animal takes matters into its own hide, uh, well, beak, I guess, and pecks her eyes out. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> crows funny. don't have hands. I had to think for a second. Like, he didn't claw her eyes. Falls out. over a railing, briefly grabs like a, the bell that, or yep. the rope for the church the bell, bell and then falls off. Yeah. This movie is a lot like Tim Burton's Batman. There's a bell tower. There's people falling off of buildings. Oh, yeah. Just saying. So just take Tim Burton's Batman and merge Batman and the Joker. You have yeah, the crow. There's, there's a Joker in that, it. Pretty two jokers. Yeah. yeah, two jokers. So interesting stuff. So, so poor Ernie does get shot and he can't he can't fight anymore. He can't John Woo anymore. Yep. So they go to the rooftop where Crow fights Top Dollar. Yep. And Beauty and the Beast showdown on the roof. Yeah, Beauty and the Beast happens. Sarah's like <laughs> gonna fall off and then we get the new power yeah. where he can reach up and touch someone and implant the 30 hours of pain his dying fiance felt all within an instant into top dollar, which doesn't kill him, but staggers him and knocks him off the building. Yeah, where he gets impaled roof, on a gargoyle. He gets impaled on a gargoyle that like. The, his blood comes out of its mouth. mouth yeah, because yes. it was raining. Interesting. It's pretty gruesome too, because like one of the two of the horns go through his chest, and then oh, the one, one goes comes through out his, his mouth. mouth I did think that was yeah. a cool, I yeah, cool visual there. Like, oh, that was brutal. So this is the mostly mostly the finale. They go back to Ernie Hudson, give him a cigarette. He chooses to quit. It's like, I'm gonna quit. Oh, yeah, if I didn't live. tell earlier, he's like, those things will kill you. Like, yeah, Brandon, much like, earlier when he was visiting his apartment. And then, don't, uh. Don't smoke those, they'll kill you. Yeah. And then he goes to his wife's grave and fixes everything. And then and, yeah, Sarah yeah. goes and gets the ring from the crow. Well, yeah, like Eric goes and dies again. Because his mission is complete. Yep. Sarah shows up to take him to, you know, the afterworld. Yep. <laughs> and then at some point he's reburied because then his grave is resealed and Sarah comes because there's a crow there to give her the ring. Yep. They talk about love being eternal and then the end of the movie. Yep. Basically. Yeah, it was funny because you guys are pointing out like the other cop. I suppose Ernie Hudson could try to sweep it under the rug, but they would have to ask questions like, wait, so somebody dug up this guy's grave and like left it over his fiance. Dressed it in leather. Painted his face. face. But like, wait, this... This is the same guy, but why isn't he decomposed? It's been a year. <laughs> you know? It'd be so complicated to try <laughs> and figure this out. What the hell is out. happening here? Well, it's much like the people in Highlander. They don't, like, 
they have a headhunter going around killing people and like they get no explanations by the end. No. No, the police are just still looking for a serial killer that's decapitating people, basically. So did you like The Crow? Ah, uh, this this movie has so much 90s nostalgia in it. <laughs> it, it is nostalgia, that's for sure. <laughs> it is. I forgot how great Brandon Lee is in this role. Yeah, like he yeah, def- he You can definitely see he gets lost in it several times and just is having fun. Yeah, no matter what you say about the movie, Brandon Lee is pretty amazing. And a lot of the actors are great. Oh, yeah. It's... Like, it's some people's best work. It's pretty bizarre. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, I I enjoyed it. I like this movie. Cool. Any Anyone else have any real opinion? Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> I like it. I'm not like the... Hot Topic kids in high school. It's like it's the best thing ever. But well, like, none of us are. No, I know, really. but it was, yeah, we, we no, were it was definitely <laughs> it was worth a rewatch for sure. And like I said, I forgot most of it. So although to be fair, we not that Paul dressed up as goth kid, but we definitely used to be Hot mm-hmm. Topic people. Yeah, I, well, I was just thinking because <laughs> we kept talking about how much it's like Hot Topic, like. You know, at the end, if it was just Ernie Hudson, like, closing, like, a storybook, reading to his grandkids, like, and that, kids, is the story of the very first Hot Topic. Like, after (laughs) that guy, after his body was found, it, like, inspired Hot Topic fashion. Hot Topic? I mean, uh, that's the company that sells Funko Pops now? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. But it all started with a boy and his pet crow. (laughs) (laughs) yeah so anyway um i really enjoyed it as well i guess i'm the only person here that hadn't seen it before yeah although like i was a little like goth girl in junior high when this would have been a thing and i was aware of it because of that like people i knew and stuff but i hadn't actually seen the movie but everyone i knew dressed up like the crow (laughs) yeah just a bunch of damn crows all over the school yeah crows everywhere (laughs) Yeah, well, now, well, now I know what I'm doing for Halloween, at least. <laughs> Were you a little goth boy, too? Surprisingly, no. Mm. I had, like, a few things, but I kind of had to keep them hidden from my super yeah, religious mom. Yes, his his family, it was not good. Although he was listening to industrial music. That and is so true. Thinking about how depressing life that is. That was your secret stuff. thing, and you had a secret pet crow, but you dressed up like fun boy with your smiley face shirt. Well, of course. <laughs> this is my smiley face uh, my smiley face shirt and uh, you know family road trip had my Walkman listening to you know Nine Inch Nails yeah you were the emo boy secretly yeah I just I just was not allowed the like exterior dressings yeah so it. you'd have to listen to the cure in secret in the bathroom paint your face and then wash it off that is sort of out. why his parents kind of hated me because I was always dressing in like black yep. clothes and Rodney, nine inch Rodney nails and way tool too shirts edgy. and orgy shirts and stuff orgy. with my long hair <laughs> exactly I was a dangerous son of a it, bitch Rodney was a bad influence on me yeah <laughs> yeah totally and it's funny because I looked that way, but really, I'm a pretty tame person. <laughs> yeah, it's... Yeah, like, if, if you ever meet Rodney, like, he's not, like, the crazy emo kid that my parents were apparently expecting. Like, he's gonna be the one, like, here, have some uh, some weed and some coke, because, you know, life sucks. 
Nope. I don't even do that. I wouldn't do that. No, I wasn't in, in like metal bands and stuff and all that sort of a thing, but I was like the calmest, tamest person there. Yeah. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, my my parents are weird. <laughs> especially <laughs> especially that time cuz like I as the oldest and given the time like my mom was kind of like not 100%, but she was still kind of clinging to that like Late 80s, early 90s satanic panic. So, you know, the devil was lurking around every street corner to attack me. Yeah. Steal my, my boyhood innocence by telling me about the nine inch nails and. <laughs> watching the crow. And watching the crow. Very, very scary. So, I've seen this movie many times. Um, people at some point, a lot of oddly friends and stuff were under the impression that I was obsessed with the crow. <laughs> and so they would like keep giving me crow merchandise. <laughs> so I had a lot of crow stuff at one point. Cause I, I had a thing where I don't like to throw things away that people give me. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so it's like, Oh man, you like the crow. Here's this crow thing. I'm like, okay. Thanks. <laughs> just, just like, my room was filled with crow stuff <laughs> at some point. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> but I did like the comic. I've always been a comic book person. Yeah. So, you know. And I, I like the movie, obviously. I do I do think the movie... Do you think it's it's good, though? I Do you think the movie holds up? I think so. Yeah, I guess. I don't know what it was time. like back then. Like I said, it I mean, there's really definitely, is. like, some more dated references and stuff like that. But all in all, like, I can't particularly fault it for anything i mean as somebody that just watched it for the first time i think it is holding up pretty well since i didn't have any issues with it okay i think i think one big thing with this is you never see really like technology that would throw you off per yeah. se like mm. Oh, that's yeah, true. If you it see, keeps like, it a, timeless when you don't have that like effect. if you see like a crt tv in this it's like well yeah because they're in the like the ghettos of detroit yeah like no one's going to have, like, a flat-screen TV there. <laughs> yes. But, like, yeah, like, everything... Th nothing draws your attention yeah, to it being older. they didn't have, like, older. the, the uh, Highlander scene with the... Josh is more used to old technology. Oh, yeah, around There's, here. like, a giant CRT TV <laughs> well, right behind true. me. Well, so. I was thinking Highlander, like, the super supercomputer handwriting analysis thing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, like... Yeah. I mean, like, even the cars are, like, eh... Like, there's nothing, like, terrible car-wise. Like, the iconic one in this is the T-Bird, which is from the 70s, so it's yeah. old anyway. Well, like, they're all, for the most part, the standout cars are all, like, big muscle cars and yeah, stuff. Like so they're, like... Yeah, they're big old classic muscle cars. So it's like, well, yeah, because people maintain those because yeah. they're cool and usually worth a lot. Yeah. Very interesting stuff. So... I, are we gonna have to? Uh, I think we might have to. We're gonna have to do the thing. Come to a decision on this one. <laughs> Interesting stuff. I. Yeah, we'll 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 do the thing, and then I'll ask a few other questions. Okay. I, I want to know about other things too. But so we're going for like just the the winner total first, and then winner total because I think okay. I think the other things I will ask might help give it away. Unfortunately, so we'll, okay. We'll uh, we'll ask. Who wants to start first? You gotta 
Got a decision. Raise, raise hands for which, volunteers. Which immortal being investigated by police on a, you know, revenge slash romance related murder spree did you like? <laughs> hmm. I do like in The Crow that it's about revenge, whereas Highlander, it's more just, uh, well, I mean, the gathering there is, is revenge, happening. But... Yeah, the, the gathering's happening, but there is a revenge plot to a certain extent because With he does Ramirez. know that Kurgan killed Ramirez and, and later his, his, his wife Heather yeah, thing. Yeah. So there's certainly revenge related there. Yeah, I think I'll go. There There can be only one. I'm going to go with the Highlander for, I mean, multiple reasons. There are good parts of both movies, but I think it's just so damn amusing the way they cast it. Like, the Scottish guy playing the Egyptian Spaniard <laughs> and the French guy playing the Scotsman. Yeah. That was, their interactions are just, that's pretty funny. <laughs> yes, it is funny. And yeah, like you said, back back then, he Christopher Lambert sounded more like Tommy Wiseau. So. Yeah. Just taking him as a Scotsman, it was pretty it's funny. Hilarious. <laughs> yeah. But then also, I mean, we've gone over it. Lots of good good moments and like every everything with the Kurgan. Clancy Brown's awesome. So oh, yeah. Just overall and, prefer that. You know, one. sword fighting. It's cool. It is sword cool. fighting versus I'm not nothing wrong with the gun stuff. There's but, a little bit know. of sword fighting in the crow. There is a bit. Luckily. Yeah. So that was at the end. We're like, all right, now they're getting into the immortal weaponry. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'll be the first one and I'll just say Highlander. Yeah. You know. Very cool. We'll go with Xana next. Okay. Okay. Xana <laughs> in the hot seat. Huh, I'm not in the hot seat. I don't have to vote last. That's true. Yeah, I, get, just, that, well, you I could... just realized Xana is wearing a black shirt with a bunch of wings all over it. So yeah. She's... But they're butterflies, not crows. Yeah. Just yeah. saying. <laughs> okay. We'll allow it this time. I don't know. So. Um. But yeah, I hadn't seen Highlander in forever and barely remembered anything. Pretty sure I didn't see the director's cut when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, but I agree with Paul. Like It had more comicalness to it that wasn't intended because of the bizarre accents. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the, ma- the lead, I've forgotten his name. Uh, Brandon Lee. Uh, no, in Highlander. Lambert. Christopher Lambert. Yeah, he Condom he's McLeod. so stone faced like all the time. Yeah, there's yeah. there's no personality. <laughs> I think he does have personality. Sometimes it's just not as common. Uh, but but the crow, he's just like over the top with personality. Yeah, you, you yeah. love it. To be fair, I think that was kind of written for his character though, because in the first draft, at least, he's like cold hearted and kind of messed up. And he's, like, on the verge of basically becoming like the Kurgan. But mm. every time that might happen, he's like, Ramirez, Heather. And then he's like, okay, well, okay, I'm mm. a good person. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the overall feel to me was a lot like Queen of the Damned. And then I didn't know that it also was, like, tr- just as tragically incomplete. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that was also a really interesting discovery. I-, I-, I think that overall, like, The Crow has uh, more memorable parts for all of the different characters and uh the crow even though it's has the tragedy that made it incomplete it still feels like a more solid story than the highlander did (laughs) overall maybe scenes were lost in fires yeah Yeah. um but those could have been recreated if they really tried Mm, yeah maybe but the studio was already pretty much done with highlander Mm. they thought it was going to be a failure Mm. Mm, so that is unfortunate um 
But yeah, I, I think comparatively, I think I'm going to go with the crow. Okay. All right. Interesting. Lots of crow teen. Lots of crow teen. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, you know, it's a good movie. Maybe I would Especially have done that. all the Ernie Hudson. That's Yeah, that's that was thing. a big like, bonus. Is I really love Ernie Like as soon Hudson. as he came out, I'm like, hey, Ernie Hudson's in this. Plus like all of T-Bird's crews. They're pretty iconic and fun to a certain yeah. degree, even though they're like a bunch rapist of murderers. a bunch of murder, ra- murder, rapist, drug addicts. They're yeah. pretty fun, you know. Well, they're a pretty fun group. Once you I get mean, one of them has those. fun in their name, yeah. So he must be fun. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're already telling you oh, how boy. fun they are. He is fun. This guy, this is fun boy. Well, you can't help but have fun with him. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> oh man, this is a hard one for me because watching these again, like there's. There's things about both of them I absolutely love, and then there's a bunch of stuff that, in both of them, I'm like, ah, that's, it's kind of dumb or corny, <laughs> like, like Lambert, like, yeah, I, I can't get over him how most of the movie, it's just him with this confused, angry scowl the whole time, just, <laughs> Yeah, sometimes he's happy, though. He is, but usually it's only in the past, which I guess makes yeah. sense. Yeah. you know. Yeah. He's jaded and, you know, five centuries younger back then. I think one of the more annoying things about Highlander is that, like, all of the scenes with Rachel are so good and we get so little of that. Yeah. Well, yeah, we get, like, basically, we get little of Rachel, but we get What's-Her-Face, who the only... Like, as sad as this, the only Brenda. real... Yeah, Brenda, the only real purpose she has is to be a love interest for Connor. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's very interesting and cool. I guess. I didn't care for her, because it's like, I like samurai. <laughs> and by samurai, I mean, I want this sword. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. So Maybe her, because I think she's very attractive. Yeah. Not I get that, that. Zon attractive, but... <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. I... Honestly, though, I think what most of it comes down to is a big chunk is the Kurgan versus Brandon Lee as crazy mm. murder psycho <laughs> See, person. See, I always think of the Kurgan versus, you know, Top Dollar because they're both the over-the-top villains. So. See, the Top Dollar was never... I never found him that over-the-top. It's like, he's there, he's crazy, but he's... I don't know, he's like... Gouging people's eyes out, banging his half sister, like yeah, stabbing like, Gideon through the throat. But he doesn't have like the energy of it. It's just like, yeah. oh, he's. I just, don't know. It feels he's more, more like sinister. What a redneck thinks that a crime boss should be. He's, yeah, that's kind of mine. Like, I oh, just he's think just he's like cool the whole crazy, time. <laughs> but he he talks slow and stuff like that kind of thing. He's a good character, but I, I mean, like know. the Kurgan is just like so fetch and iconic, and that damn church scene i can mm-hmm. remember that scene for scene every time i think about that movie so what you're saying is the decision comes from either brandon lee or brandon or lee's joker clancy or Brown. clancy brown's crazy i am in disguise <laughs> it's better the to burn up than to burn out yeah, it's better to burn out than to fade away. Yep. Or him putting out the candles at the shrine, giggling yes. to himself maniacally. That whole scene. Happy Halloween, ladies. ladies. Just, uh... None. No sense of you. <laughs> yeah. God, okay, I'm gonna have to go with Highlander just because of the Kurgan. He's, he's very cool. He's just, he is this crazy nut job 
psycho, but somehow you're just like, dude, this guy's nuts, but hilarious at the same time. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I understand that. I'm surprised you didn't pick the crow because if, if I were to talk about like, one thing about the crow is it feels like a very concise sense of style almost all the way through. It's yes, like, that's definitely true. And the movie kind of lives and dies on its style. If you don't like that about the movie, then you might as well turn the movie off in the first 10 minutes. Oh, yeah. Like, cause Cause it, yeah, the, it's the, not going to get the any The theme and atmosphere does not change. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, this one's hard because I think there's a lot more interesting people in The Crow. You know, you got Ernie Hudson, like, all of the... The gang. The of, gang. Uh, of, like, gang. Okay, these guys are great, but I think it stands out to me because in, in Highlander, like... Ramirez is the closest thing to the Kurgan with his, you know, flamboyantness, but yeah. he cannot match the difference in energy between the Kurgan and anyone else in this. And I do like film. the hot dog vendor because there's a hot dog vendor in Highlander as well, and he uh, <laughs> he is just making okay. fun of the police with the news thing. Yeah, he's like, yeah, he's reading oh, like, yeah. oh, did you read what they said about what does incompetent mean? Incompetent mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh, you know, we know, you know, we haven't read that. Cops can't read. Which yeah. hot dog vendor do you like better? Uh, I, I like the Highlander one because he's making fun of the cops. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The the other guy's just nice, he's just old nice. hot dog vendor. Woo. Yeah. Although he does have boiled eggs. So that was, the, oh, yeah, yeah, the pickled eggs. He does eggs. have pickled eggs. Pickled so. eggs yeah. mm. so that was think, the real connection between the movies was they both have hot dog vendors. Yeah. I think <laughs> I think the hot dog vendor in uh, The Crow has the better hot dog stand. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> so it's yeah, like I, a hot dog diner. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty much. cool, man. Anyway, so you're going yeah, with Yeah, I think I'm going to go with Highlander. That's not that I don't like The Crow. Like, The Crow is awesome, but... Ah, uh, it's... Is it my fault for just continually talking about Clancy Brown's lines? Well, no, <laughs> that's the one thing is, like, for Highlander, it's been a while since I've seen it, but, like, once it got to the Kurgan in the church scene, I'm like, I know every step of this dance now. This is my favorite part of this movie, is this interaction. Yeah. Oh, it's and it's so just good. so over the top, and it's great... I love the Brandon Lee. I think my favorite part for him was the uh, the pawn shop thing where he really gets that like yeah. Joker that pawn shop feel. Is so good, like that, like him with Joe Polito is probably the coolest part. Oh of the yeah, movie like for me. I, I think really that's the the deciding factor is the church scene with the Kurgan or the pawn shop with Brandon Lee. They're both awesome, and they're both fantastic. But I just got to give that slight edge to the Highlander for it. Okay. So, got two votes for Highlander, one for The Crow. There uh, has been a secret vote cast, I know, for yeah, in case of a tie. Vote in case of a tie. Um, I'll say that I have nostalgia for both of these things pretty heavily, as I mentioned in the Highlander thing. My mom was watching the Highlander TV show yep. as it was airing, and so when I think of Highlander the franchise, I think of my mom. Okay. There are two franchises that do that to me. That one and X-Men, especially the animated series. Mm, my okay. mom watched X-Men the animated series every week. Mm. Huh. So okay. I watched and I watched it with her, so those are like the shows I think of when I think of my mom. Um The Crow, you know, teenagers. It reminds me of hanging out with I was specific about, I was about yeah, to say, say like The Crow is just 
reeks so much of high school and yeah. junior I, high. Like, oh, I've this probably is seen the movie like half 50, of... 60 times because of it. Wow. Like, or it was the very, at the very least in the background while we were Playing, doing yeah. other yeah. things. And like, I, I owned See, I re- the soundtrack. I remember being in the background a lot. Oh yeah, the soundtrack was everywhere. Oh, it was, the soundtrack is amazing. It was the soundtrack to that or Queen of the Damned that you would hear everywhere in the 90s. I, yeah, yeah. I, I think the, the Crow soundtrack and uh, Lost Highway and then Queen of the Damned are really like three of the most hot topic goth things. Oh they, yeah. They're like the perfect representation of that time and place. Yeah. Yep. It's pretty amazing. And also uh, Empire Records. Oh, yeah? <laughs> anyway, so I'm going to... Uh, I don't want to vote against either of them. Uh, no, that's um, the worst part. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you which one I'm voting for, and then I'll tell you what is so good about the one I didn't vote for. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> I'm going to vote for Highlander. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Highlander's the winner. So, the um, quickening got you. Yeah, I just, I don't know. There's just so much about I, I think that like the story of Connor and his bizarre tragedy and having to live through like watching his multiple wife eras, die yeah. and then the whole Rachel thing. I find all that so very fascinating, and I am also glad they don't explain it anymore because it might ruin what's good about it. Mm-hmm. There's a yeah. lot of things in Highlander that you're like, I'm confused about this. They don't explain it, but. If they did, it might not be as good, I think. Yeah, I could see that. I, I think Kylander just ultimately stands on its own for this individual movie. Like, it's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, however, The Crow, I mean, this is the movie I think of when I think of Ernie Hudson, oddly. Oh, really? Instead of Ghostbusters, because he's just, <laughs> he's such a big part of the oh, movie. Yeah. He's and, a very commanding and presence. he's cool in it. In it. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's so awesome. Like, I, I love Ernie Hudson. I love T-Bird's crew. I, I'm i surprised <laughs> I didn't vote for The Crow because I, I love David Patrick Kelly. I mean, mm-hmm. like, The Warriors is an awesome film. <laughs> Obviously, I love Twin Peaks. But there's there's so much good about The Crow. But for me, there are a handful of parts that make me just want to cringe by its <laughs> hot topic 90s <laughs> cheesy badness yeah what's, what's the the top cringe uh probably the the jesus joke really. oh that's, that's yeah that's probably one of the, the worst that, parts yeah and so that's of course that's the one all the high school kids would repeat yeah yep. that part's like ooh, oh i don't want to oh no uh, <laughs> like yeah every Such time a funny joke every time i'm like damn i just oh and there's a few lines that I don't think uh, are good by Brandon Lee. Not not that he didn't do them well, but they're like... They're they just have, bad lines they to begin aged. with. They are so goth hot topic that it almost hurts. Yeah. The whole it can't rain all the time it can't thing. can't rain all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Plus they decided to make him a rock star instead of a mechanic and removed his hemi oh, yeah. from the wow. story so they do have those parts where he's well, just that... rocking out on the rooftops at <laughs> yeah. night walking yeah. around the rooftops i love his electric guitar yeah. with the speaker that he just dangles yeah. off the roof <laughs> drapes like just dangling by the guitar power cord? i guess like the you know the 
amp and then playing to Detroit loudly in the rain. Yeah, that sounds like a very that pro like thing the 90s. to do. <laughs> Doesn't get more 90s emo than that. That's yeah. true. So I Being think undead gonna... on a rooftop rocking out in the rain. Rocking yeah. in the rain. <laughs> I don't think Highlander... It's it's. I think they're pretty close to equally great movies, but Highlander doesn't have as many moments that make me want to cringe so hard as the crow does. Mm. I could see that. But let's talk about a couple things. Uh, Joe Polito, which which is the best Joe Polito? Oh, the Gideon. the crow. Yeah, the Gideon. crow. Yeah. I was imagining <laughs> <laughs> they could have won if they had done a crow and Spawn crossover, and so. He yeah. plays Gideon in that, and then, but his brother Frank, as in Danny DeVito, when they're not really brothers, but <clears throat> if he played Violator, I'm the Violator! I'm the Violator! <laughs> <laughs> Instead, yeah, he's just the penguin, but the Violator. Uh, yeah. But when we were watching, like, okay, this is the purge. Are we watching Spawn? No, because they're both like dead guys that come back, right? The crow yeah. and yeah. Spawn. Yeah, so they could team up for, and aren't they both like revenge? Um, is Spawn not? Not necessarily. Really? There's. It's been a long time since I've seen that. I don't know Spawn the comics. Spawn's story and... is complicated, but he does he does eventually get revenge. But his thing is trying not to be evil. Oh, because he's technically brought back From... by, you know, this evil creature that's basically Satan called Malbolgia, who gives him the Hellspawn power so that he can lead the army of Hellspawn is that what in it's a for? war right. against heaven. Oh, okay. I don't know. <laughs> I, I saw that he's basically supposed to be like, what starts the Armageddon? Okay, because I've never read the thing. comics, and similar to the Crow, I only saw it once back then. I owned the so. first lots of comics for a long time. Actually, if you want to know about Spawn, there's no better way to experience it than the HBO animated series. Oh, I didn't so, know that existed. Yep. The only problem with that is um, Todd McFarlane, in the first season at least, introduces every episode with this awful Rod Serling-like thing, and it's so... Oh. It didn't age well back then, Welcome and it's to the worse sponsor. now. <laughs> but it's, it's pretty good. So, anyway, so we, we both like... We all like Joe what do you think, Santa? and the Crow. The Gideon, Gideon, the pawn shop owner, versus he was a cop there sometimes. Uh, I liked him a lot as the pawn shop owner. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and he looked how he's supposed to look there. I'm like, okay, that's that's Gino Reynolds right there. Yeah, and he's got the mustache. <laughs> he's not as skinny. His voice is more, yeah, hoarse. Yeah, and then uh, the soundtrack, of course. Oh, gotta go with the. Oh, I don't know though, because you got queen a lot of versus, Queen. Yeah, I'm a big, so I'm a huge Queen fan. But I also grew up in the 90s, and I have this soundtrack upstairs. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> it's one of those old compact disc things you used oh, to buy. Oh, man. There's so many good songs on it. Like, Oh, yeah. The Nine Inch Nails song, I think, was exclusive to this, out, this uh, soundtrack, actually. I think so. So, I yeah. think this was... I think this was the only... I think they might have released it As a independently somewhere. now. But yeah, because I think this that soundtrack was the only one for at least a few years. Well, it's it's kind of one of those things where they Nine Inch Nails did that a lot because they lost Highway Song. The perfect drug was essentially just a single and on that album. So. Yeah. Hmm. So oh, yeah. Uh, that's 
Yeah, I don't know. I didn't own the, the Crow soundtrack. I think I... Oh, wait. I don't know. I, I might have inherited it from a friend because I feel like really? I remember... I feel like I remember seeing the disc in like one of those, uh, you know, the yeah. old CD holders with the sleeves. So yeah. maybe. I maybe. I don't know. Okay. I never bought it myself. I'll say that. Well, I'll let you keep talking. Each of you give your <laughs> soundtrack votes. So, Josh, you didn't really officially decide. No. I think I'll go with The Crow just because I'm a big Queen fan, but a lot of the Queen they had in Highlander was... I mean, it's Queen, so they're all good, but not necessarily their best. A lot of it was, like, it's a kind of magic and, uh... Oh, gosh. It... One day to love. One year of love. One year of love, that's it. <laughs> that was most of it. You, though you do get the, uh... Unreleased New York, New York by Queen. Uh, yeah. And they, uh, they have Gimme the Prize and Princes of the Universe. Oh, that's right. They do have Princes of the Universe. Badass song. <laughs> well, I think I'll go with the crow just because... Simply for reminding me of that era. Yeah. The high school crow era. Okay. <laughs> we can go play Magic the Gathering. Play Magic <laughs> After the Gathering, school. listen to the crow. And listen to the yeah. crow album. Oh, man. And for the fact that I might God, actually own it, I'm I just not admit. sure. I'd have to find that <laughs> yeah. old CD sleeve. Are you guys going to bust out your old goth gear and play some Magic the Gathering listening to the crow? Hmm. I don't know what I have <laughs> left I have anymore. Yeah, I mean, you go I through the garage, see what practically I always wear black clothes and horror shirts all the time, <laughs> anyway. So it's not like it would be that much of a stretch. <laughs> Does it, that, Roddy never had like an actual like goth outfit, so it's pretty what much about, like, like a yeah, choker necklace or something. No, I don't have anything like that left. I do. Oh, just like... put a bunch of safety pins through your neck. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that sounds good. I'll do that. Um, I I have. You know, I used to have necklaces and stuff. Actually, when I did when I did band stuff, I did have like, you know, bracelets and oh, yeah. necklaces. Oh yeah, like and the, all the leather cuffs. Stuff. Yeah, I had all that stuff when I was doing band stuff, but I didn't wear them stage except, persona. Yeah, except during that. So, so I guess I looked gothy when I was doing band stuff. Okay, so Zana. <laughs> Um, I was going to go with the Highlander soundtrack. Mm. Um, I didn't, I, I don't, I'm not as familiar with Queen stuff until more recently. So it was kind of cool to hear different versions, you know, in the movie that just yeah. were a little off. And it was also pretty cool just uh, since the entire music is by Queen, like having like ambient parts and stuff that are just like, you know, at, yeah. while watching, just remembering Oh, this is Queen. This is cool. Yeah, much like the Flash. That is cool. Soundtrack. I was gonna. I was like, the last unicorn in America. Yeah, walking some man's road. So yeah. that does make sense. That is kind of cool. cool. It's like one whole band. Yeah, when thing. when bands will actually just like, yeah, we'll do the soundtrack. Yeah, and it, it's that like, uh, I don't know, like laser show metal thing, like in the oh movie, yeah, the where, like laser dumb, the Bob's Burgers thing yeah. you're talking about, the yeah. the rock opera thing with the. Yeah, and I, I mean, obviously Highlander's not a rock opera, but it's like getting that feel since the entire thing is done by Queen. If you're just thinking about the music while you're watching it. Oh man, yep. did they ever have a Highlander laser show to a, to Queen <laughs> no, music? I don't think so. That would have been pretty but cool. There's the um, Princes of the Universe music video that's basically Highlander, the movie, the music video. Oh, there you um, go. You know, both of these actually feel like music videos to a certain extent. Yeah. <laughs> But I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna vote for uh, 
for Highlander. Oh, Highlander the soundtrack. There we go. Yeah. Almost every high, almost every song on the Highlander soundtrack is on this record here. Nice. A kind of magic, which was released a year after, because they chose not to release the soundtrack. I love that artwork. So, okay. Yeah, everything, everything other than like um, New York, New York, mm. was on there. Um, and then there's also One Vision, which I think was written for Highlander, but they didn't use it in Highlander. And then it got, it became a single and then was used in Iron yeah, that, Eagle. That uh, artwork is awesome. So there you go. There's the history of Queen's A Kind of Magic. Yeah. <laughs> which I own on a very high quality vinyl copy. Nice. Yep. Having show and tell on the podcast. I know. We still don't have that trends. ceiling camera. <laughs> so obviously people can look it up. obviously i like the highlander soundtrack yeah <laughs> they're all on there and you know if you listen to stuff like gimme the prize it's it's on there somewhere mm. that has like clips from highlander in it and stuff like that. oh okay there it's pretty interesting damn fine of course but both soundtracks are great both both have so. great soundtracks gotta say that but ultimately um, there was one one crow vote, three Highlander votes. So, okay, Highlander <laughs> is the winner. What was Holly's secret vote? Uh, well, first she voted for the crow, and then afterwards she voted for Highlander. So I don't know what her <laughs> that vote sounds is. exactly like Holly. So the crow gets one and a half votes. Highlander gets three and a half. <laughs> yeah, since Holly was undecided. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Interesting stuff. So. The- and these these are just two great movies. Like, yeah, I would not say no to watching either of these again. Man, <laughs> I bet like... the sequels are even better, huh? Yeah, oh, they well, man, obviously well, have to. You know, they got more time to learn from their yeah. mistakes. They got exactly everything yeah. that was they that can was build lacking on in the everything they did ones. in the first one. Yeah, everything that they felt like you know they they couldn't do, they could do it in the sequel, and everything that like you know. They they could make the crow the second crow movie a little more accurate maybe just yeah or like add elements from it into the into it oh yeah and, and like you, you gotta, the sequels don't have any tra- tragedy impeding them no fires no deaths so it's yeah. got to be all uphill yeah no no tragedies nope so no whatsoever uh, that's gonna be fun so in the next one does the guy get two crow familiars because it's the crow two. No. Every time he gets a new crow the added. The movie isn't actually called The Crow 2, though. It's <laughs> it's just The Crow City of Angels. Because mm. it takes place in Los Angeles. And Tom Jane is in it. Um, yeah, so Highlander's the winner. And uh, in the next episode, we'll be talking about the sequels. I didn't really plan on doing this one, but the sequels are actually more like each other. All right. Oh, jeez. I know now. Now, I'm very suddenly, Josh is scared. <laughs> You've been scared the whole time. I've been scared pretty much once Rodney gave me some brief highlights of things that happen. I don't know if they're in the second Highlander movie. Or somewhere in the Highlander universe. things that happen in the Highlander universe. I'm kind of going, what the hell? Do you know that both franchises eventually have the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse in them? Oh. I mean, they're just classic. Yeah. <laughs> Weird, right? Yeah, a bit though. <laughs> yeah, so... I- yeah, we'll we'll look forward to Highlander to the Quickening, the theatrical version, versus the Crow City of Angels, which I think will also be the theatrical version. Okay, I, no idea. I, I don't know the we'll, significance of we'll different versions out. of how many different versions of those are there. 
More than you can imagine. Oh, God. <laughs> we'll go into that later. All right. Six versions of Highlander 2. Six versions? Why? <laughs> how do you, Wait, how do you even I guess do we'll that? find out next time. Eight? Maybe eight versions. Oh, of six Highlander. to eight. Oh, <laughs> Somewhere between six to eight versions. I don't know, of Highlander I don't know how you get to eight <laughs> versions of that, of a movie. And there's at least three versions of City of Angels, but I'll make sure I verify that just in case there are four or five. So Okay. Just in case. Yeah. So, and I know a lot about the history of both those movies. All right. So we will get that going, but before we leave, we must say adios. Au revoir. Have it the same. Contact us at rentalstorerumble at gmail.com for questions, comments, hanging out, or requests for an episode. You can find us on Facebook as rental.rumble, Twitter at rentalrumble, Instagram at rentalstorerumble, as well as on Slasher, and rentalstorerumble.blogspot.com. Check us out on all the podcast platforms as well as anchor.fm slash rental dash store dash rumble. Music by me and cover art by Gwyneth Anderson. Keep drinking that Tranya.